Silence. Ah, music. A completely unrehearsed intro. Of course. So today, who we got with us today, Eddie? You introduced the man. Mr. John E. Citrone. Close. Citroni. You gotta Citroni. bring the E around again, that's right. The E okay. is in the end. That was a question I was gonna ask. I, I want as many E's in there as possible. As How many, do you pronounce his last name? Uh, brilliant drummer. Yes. I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Me oh, as well. You. A lot Musician. of you, they might know him from the Folio Weekly. Maybe. Writer. The Knife. The Knife. Yeah, that was post um, when I left Folio Weekly. They brought me back as a columnist. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that was a little different. I had a different rule <laughs> different at that point. Different relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So as we do, we're going to take a shot of, uh, what are we drinking today, Eddie? Today, I got a little crown apple and some of that Simply apple. Cranberry. Chaser? Uh, it's called a Washington <laughs> apple shot. Oh, okay. So hey, there is a else. science behind this. Mr. Jeremy. John has uh, declined. He's not a drinker, so that's cool. We'll toast the water. We'll toast. <laughs> Respect. Gentlemen. Cheers. Respect. Yes, sir. Gentlemen. Down the hatch. I know. Excuse me. You're welcome. But, <laughs> ah, very, very uh, sweet. Most of that's coming yeah. That's coming from the, the crown apple. It's, it's, I like it. It's obnoxious. It's too sweet. In my opinion. I just got diabetes. Okay. <laughs> diabetes. All right, oblig obligatory shots so, out of the way. So tell us a little bit about Dove Tonsil, John. Is that your uh, your most recent project, your your baby? Um, I wouldn't say recent. It's about 27 years old. Wow. Um, but yeah, it is my baby. It's my little original So it's your compilation project. of your own, not... Uh, collaborated with other people? No. It's all yours. No collaboration awesome. at all. I, yeah, well, cool. that is that might be somewhat insulting to the people who are involved in the band because there is collaboration. Okay. But it's in the studio, or rehearsal studio, or on stage. I write all the material. Sure. And I record all the material unless there's something I've written that I can't play. And then I hire somebody to do it. And hopefully that person will be part of the band in Pro, one know, respect or another. Sure, the band yeah. started back in, oh, I'd say 93, 1993 in Orlando. Okay. I was living and working in Orlando. Oh, okay. And um, we were playing the scene down there. This is after I had left two other fairly well-known bands in Orlando, original bands, and I, I left uh, a band called Black Cats and Bottle Rockets, which was my little story everybody's got them oh we got so close to getting signed oh, yes. you know almost got a development deal all that oh, stuff well yeah. that's the band it happened with okay and so when i left that band it was um, a bit of um uh, uh kind of there were, we saw some steep hills ahead of us because each of us were really relying on black cats and bottle rockets to be the one i hear you you know and um it became somewhat contentious within the band and I said well if I'm gonna put this much time and effort into something I want it to be my own music I was really learning how to write and arrange and perform in those bands and I also knew that I had a lot of ideas and I wanted to get them out so I started sure. writing material and yeah. um, uh, was looking for people to play it 
and so it started, and I put out a That's little a, cassette demo. It's a similar story I have, yeah. too, to be honest with you, yeah. I went that route and found people after I wrote and recorded about five songs, mm -hmm. and then was like, well, maybe that'll draw attention, you know, to get me the better players that I need, because, you know, everybody wants to be in a band, but to find the right players, you have to have something to go, hey, you want to be part of this. Right. At least that was my theory. Must well, what I did was, the, the challenge that I gave myself was I booked a gig. Okay. Like eight months out. There you go. And, and so I had no choice but to get a band together. <laughs> I said, I got to give myself a, a, yeah. a box within to work just to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that was uh, the beginning. And then over time, I had several lineups. And, and like I said, the collaboration came after the material was written. And I would say, all right, I want you guys to be in my band. I want you to, I love what you do. I've always respected what you do. Yeah. Um, would you like to play? some shows and so but the concept behind Dove Tonsil is not just musical it's also theatrical and so the people that were brought into the band um, had more responsibilities than just playing the music they also had to be willing to do any number of foolish things on stage oh, okay um, and over time between the time I started this project and and now the band is not in working order, obviously, we're all not really working right now, but um, uh, last year, before summer, uh, I was just getting the band rolling and I got the job at Epcot playing drums in the Guardians of the Galaxy show. Dude, that's awesome. For the Dude, summer, that's, yeah, that's it was cool. fantastic. It's a nice. career, it was a career move. I had been a full-time musician for about eight years at that point. It's been 10 years now, but yeah. or nine and a half. Um, and it was very career-oriented, and I have to say that Disney, is one of the smoothest companies I've ever worked for. Hmm. Um, say what you want about tourism in or Orlando yeah. and Disney's kind of um, overarching, all-consuming media presence. But pretty much, yeah. When you walk point. through that door, they expect a lot from you, and you have to deliver. And it really you up your game because you're playing with some real but motherfuckers. That's not a bad thing in any uh, case. It's not a bad thing at all. No, no. How about that kit you were using? It was uh, the North drum set. Yes. It was the, tremendous. The bent tubes to look very futuristic because it's we we are the Zandarians okay. or Zandarians depending on what part of the galaxy you're from. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but it, th this is to say that at that point I put the band on hold again and this would happen often. I whenever I had the time, the energy and the material is when I would put a band together. Um, but I also had this idea this concept of performance art being a commercial, kind of a commercial, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A commodity. You could you could market performance art to a certain degree. Oh yeah. And it's been done in the past. I mean, it's been done in the past with bands that were all influenced by whether it, for me it was the Mothers of Invention, David Bowie. Okay. Um, even does Queen even, fit into that? I, I think Queen is more yeah, uh, well. Let's say broad, uh, Broadway performance. Okay, you know, Freddie it. Mercury sure. was very influenced by Broadway singers and and cabaret, mm -hmm. and so yeah, that falls under the umbrella it's of kinda per in performance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alice Cooper. You know, these Early Genesis, Kiss. Peter Gabriel. Sure, all of that. You know, it's very, but the performance art comes across as performance art. It it it, uh, it, it comes across as a performance, um, and these are people and artists that influenced me heavily. But what I was interested in was the element of surprise. And so, and that's why the Mothers of Invention were a little different. They, they would surprise the audience with 
obviously the unexpected. They would turn it a little bit, twist it. Um, I was interested in that. And so I would do things or ask my band to do things on stage that were unexpected. Um, and, and these came in a variety of forms. And it, it was really um, inspired by what I call stoplight theater, which you can't really do anymore. But I would, I would at any stoplight or stop sign, I would get out of my car and okay. do some sort of performance, mm. whether it was, um, I remember being, I was right over here actually, because I was working at Folio Weekly. It was on um, Sunbeam, I think, okay, or, or one of those cross streets that go from Phillips to St. Augustine. And there was a guy in a steamroller on the side of the road, and they had a stop for the construction, and he was sitting in his steamroller. And you being a football, former football player, <laughs> I, I got out of my car, and I went into a three-point stance in front of the steamroller. <laughs> oh. And people were like looking over at oh, me. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and he, in the spirit of it, put it into gear and started rolling toward me. Okay. That's awesome. And it was fantastic. It was just a moment. And sure. you know that the people that are in the cars are going to go, you're not going to believe what I said yeah. today. They're going to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Something day, to talk yeah. about. Yeah, sure. and that's what I wanted to give anybody who would come to a show. I wanted to give them that moment that they could take home with them. And yeah. so it would manifest itself in many different ways. Um, I would tell the band to play in slow motion, play the lowest note you can play, and move your body in slow motion. But we'd do it coming out of a high tempo number. Oh. And so we'd have a cue when it would happen, so we'd be going at... And so we would immediately go into this... Yeah. And there would be a cue for us to come back in at the right tempo. We did it at a recent show. And... Um, so these, these moments would happen. Um, I would also not tell the band that something was going to happen. So the band would also be surprised. I hired a guy to come in. We were playing downtown uh, at, I think it was the, the um, was it Rock and Roll Pizza? Um, I think that's probably what it was called. Is it right Imperial? beside the Florida Theater? Uh, it, no, this was by the bus station. The Imperial. The Imperial, okay. that's right. Yeah, that's before my yep. time. And, um, I, I hired a guy, Troy Lucarilla. If you're if you're watching or listening, he's he was hired to come in, and look like a disheveled bus station uh, resident, and start to yell at and threaten the band. <laughs> and I only told one person at the club just Dude, in context. This is like Andy Kaufman. Yeah, it's type very Kaufman-esque. Yeah, very sure. much yes. so. Yeah. And um, I only told one person at the at the club just in case things got out of hand. There was one bouncer who was aware, just in case something happened. Yeah. yeah. This is the all band did know. not know <laughs> that this was going to happen. That's even better. And uh, uh, it was a pretty... you got to get that natural reaction, man, yeah. And, and he, I, I don't, it was probably one of the few shows we didn't tape, but um, two friends of mine pulled him off stage because he was threatening the girls in the band. I always try to hire women to be in the band for a lot of different reasons, but mainly for color and texture and the things that, that females can bring to a band full of, that's usually just fucking testosterone. Sure, and yeah. um, so he was threatening the females in the band, um, and two of my friends ripped him off stage and threw him on the sidewalk outside and threatened to beat the shit out of him. Uh, um, so who was the, uh, who, who came in to break it up and say, whoa, whoa, this is... It's Nobody. A, it's a joke. You just they, the, because, um, <laughs> because one of the guys in the band was one of the friends. He and a person from the audience came. Chris grabbed him from the stage, the bass player, and Kip 
Kolb, you may even know him. He has Klob, uh, the band Klob. He's played with Chad Jasmine and other people in Jacksonville. Gotcha. He came up from the floor, and they grabbed him and threw him out. And I think Chris was the uh, the mediator. I think Kip was ready to just pound he was him. Ready to draw blood. And Chris was like, "Let's just go back inside." And wow. So after the show, um, Chris was staring at me like a little bit of a side eye, and finally he said. You did that, didn't you? <laughs> um, so he knew so, you well, apparently. Yeah. This is the long-winded answer to your question. This is this is why I wanted to put Dub Tonsil together. Not only to play my original music, but to experiment with um, these kind of elements of surprise theater that we could create. Yes. I did uh, a while back. I was real intrigued by the name, mm -hmm. and it's a character. Of, That's right. Uh, was it a TV show? Ernie Kovacs. Okay, yeah. Another very performance artist um, style uh, uh, television comedian back in the 50s. He did a lot of um, innovations with what you could work with at the time, yeah. tilting the camera to make it look like people were walking on walls. And okay, yeah, yeah. Ab very abstract humor. <clears throat> and um, he had a character named Piercy Dovetonsil, Dovetonsils, plural. And I saw it. I think we were watching Night Flight recently because it's on... Um, Remember that show, Night Flight? It, it's on Amazon, or yeah, it might be on Amazon now. And I think I saw my first, I had my first experience with Percy Dove Tonsils on uh, Night Flight. And I was like, this guy is crazy. Yeah, there he is right there. Um, well, there's the band. <laughs> there he was. Uh, he was there. What um, was that? <clears throat> looked like ovaries or something. What was he looking yeah, at? <laughs> that was, I don't that know what that was. the other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Women's Health. Um, but that's him. He's he would have these moments of bizarre poetry, uh, really abstract stuff. And when I saw him, I was like, if I ever have a band, I'm naming it after that guy. And uh, so I did. That's awesome. That yeah. is cool, man. He's got a story. That's always good. Mm -hmm. to have, you know what I mean? Like, like the, our band name was not quite that deep. I was just basically going uh, expressing myself through music. Mm -hmm. So, bleeding, bleeding in, in stereo. Gotcha. It's that simple. Cool. It's nothing trivial. But mm -hmm. I thought it was two guys that were beating the shit out of each other, and they were bleeding together. Like, <laughs> and, or our music's so bad, ring, you know what <laughs> it's I mean? making your ears bleed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bleeding from the stereo. Yeah, bleed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the that's the backstory on that on that band. That is awesome. Yeah, so yeah, and it's still around. You know, I still compose for it when I can. That kind of reminds me of uh, like uh, Frank Zappa esque. Uh, Zappa is a huge influence too. on me. Yeah, the Mother's yeah. Invention. Um, and when you when you write music that is in any way perceived as progressive or I don't want to say complex because that sounds a bit stilted, but people immediately jump to the first thing <clears throat> that comes to their mind in the progressive realm. Sure. Yeah. They'll say, oh, that sounds like Rush, or that yeah. sounds like Yes, yeah. or that sounds like... Or Zappa. Or Zappa. Yeah. I get Zappa a lot because Very. people know I'm such a fan. Yeah. Um, but I, I, even though I take it as a huge compliment, I'm like, you know, there's, there would be so much I would need to learn <laughs> to be able to write on that level. Dude, he, was, he lived it, breathed it. Uh, yeah. You know, that was everything to him. So you have your own recording studio, too, correct? I do. I do in my what house. the name of that? Lapetite or it's something. <laughs> Tom Bennett has had an influence on you, my friend. Lapetite <laughs> Well, there's a story behind that, but I'll, let, let's start with the real thing first. Okay. It's called Doghouse, and of course, I had to use an H A U S to, as for the dog house, I see, you know, the yeah. Bauhaus experimental. By the way, um, yes. but 
at my old home in Avondale, we had I had an outbuilding that was created for the studio, and there was a bedroom and bathroom upstairs. Um, but at the time, we had a little issue with with the plumbing, okay. so you couldn't go number two upstairs. Hmm. So, and I said, if you do, it has to be just a little bit. Yeah. And so, pipe out of so Tom Bennett was, I was working on Tom Bennett's record at the time. There's nothing petite going out of it. And he said he would drive to the gas station because he, he said, I can't make a little shit. And he said, and we, I guess we were talking in French. And I said, you know what? That isn't French, right? That's Le Petit Merde. And he, so that's what my, I see. my studio. I, bet, I mean, have you seen how much that guy can squat? Four, Wait. five. I don't know where he's at. He's now. very he's... proud of his squatting prowess. There's too many buff, videos man. of him squatting. I mean, if your instrument's the piano, I imagine you have to be pretty strong. My daughter gets so upset when that comes into my Facebook feed. She's like, "Why is this man posting videos of him squatting?" She hates squatting in general. Like okay. it's just a thing with her. She's like, uh. "So, Tom and his La Petite Mare lives on." Now, so. awesome. But now I live over in Mandarin, and I've got a studio at my house there. La awesome. Grande. So, <laughs> La, La Grande. La, do you mainly use your studio for your personal, or do you? No, it's you it's a, fu a fully functioning, and... you know, commercial entity for me. I've cool. been using it for let's see, about ten years ago is where I entered my self-employment as a musician. That's awesome. Yeah, it is because I can't say the same. Or I'm still doing flooring, and you yeah. know, what I mean. Well, we're squeezing it's this not in. as it's, it's a hard it's a hard choice to make it is. because I was a career journalist for 16 years and I did music on the side. Okay, um, and then I entered I left Folio for a, online publishing because newspapers suffer greatly when you know online. I mean everything is online media now. Oh, yeah, and um, so I was right at that transition point where things started to tip the other way. But I was I was asked to join this online publishing company. We were going great guns. I was, we were ready to move to New York. We had a little situation in Manhattan, and my wife had quit her job, and we were making plans to, within the next you know, three months from that time, to move to New York, which was always a dream of mine, was to live and work in New York. I was like, New York City. It's happening, is? yeah. We're okay. right in the heart of Manhattan. Okay. And yeah. we were looking for apartments in like Park Slope or, or getting out of the city yeah, a little sure. bit. But uh, because of the expense and because of other reasons. But it was, it was hopeful. Mm -hmm. And you know they were. We were already making that transition. She had quit her job. We were looking for apartments. Wow, was, deep in. in yeah. yeah, and um, overnight, Google switched its search algorithm and knocked us out of their search results. Our hit count went from nine million to two million overnight. Wow. And it it sent the bosses into a panic. And within weeks, I was let go. Wow. That's everything not good changed. At all. And so I was like, well. Um, what am I going to do? Yeah, what now? I can get my cover band together and start working two, three, four nights a week and make a living on the short term. And it just blossomed into, it was right at the same time I was kind of getting my studio together and friends would say, I want to record some stuff, man, what's your rate? And I'd say, well, I, I don't know much about it. Yeah, so I'll just charge it out. <laughs> yeah, I'll charge you twenty bucks an hour. You come in, I'll make my mistakes on your material, and we'll That's work it out That's kind of what together. I do too. Yeah, I'm like I, you're my guinea pigs here, man. I'm, my own band, we do. You yeah, know, I learned on my own band. Uh, so over this time, I learned a lot and found avenues, you know, for work in a number of different ways. I, 
Um, I did a lot of work with Sally Corporation, which is a dark oh, yeah. dark yeah. ride manufacturer. I do a lot of work with them. Right across the street from my office. Downtown. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Colorful building. Love it. Yeah. Can't miss it. Um, no. So I do a lot of work with them, or did. Thinks COVID is, but that's what I was getting at, is COVID has spun me into a new... A new realm. A new realm. Yeah. It's done that for a lot of people, um, and especially in the entertainment industry, like Ryan, our old like guy from AVL. Um, he's no longer on the road. He started a, a lawn maintenance company, mm-hmm. and he's doing yeah. great. Yeah, because that whole you know Ryan St. John. thing went down. Well, these guys are suffering a little bit too. The RNC pulling out of Jacksonville mm-hmm. really dented, uh, hit the lights too. Yeah, because they had a lot of work coming from that. But all of the folks that were in. Guardians of the Galaxy show with us last year. All of us were expecting to come back because of the contract we had, you know, and, and Disney sent out its furlough messages and we were all like, shit. That's our, yeah. that's our paycheck for there, the man. year, yeah. you know? That's yeah. the big one. <laughs> so it's, I'm going to be, you know, I've, I've just uh, got a job teaching um, part-time music, thank goodness. Um, and so that will be my main source of income now. I'll still do all the other stuff. Well, you well-rounded yourself, obviously, to be able to accept different avenues of, yeah. a, of a musical career. Well, and I, I've good. been teaching in my home studio. Yeah, yeah, I've learned how to engineer, um, you know, for not just local projects, but I've done international work. I wrote, you know, I've written musicals. I've been hired, I've been commissioned to stage things. There's just all of these aspects yes. of entertainment yeah. that we don't think about when we're so focused on either yeah. getting our record deal or I'm, your, yeah, that's, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm an engineer. I just, I, I either, I either record or master records and we don't explore these other places where we can find employment. And, um, education was one of those areas that I had always, always dabbled in. I always had part of my income coming from. And so it's like Made laser focus yeah. on trying to get that happening because all of my work just vanished. Yeah. That's crazy, man. But I mean, it's I'm, it's very admirable, that, like what you're doing with your all the angles that yeah. you go. You know what I mean? It's providing well, you it's the, the opportunities. It's that old. Know? It's the adage that you have to diversify if you want to be successful, regardless yeah. of what we're talking about. Diversification yeah. is key to maintaining. It it's is. what our parents called. You need to you need to fall back. Yeah. Well, like I do flooring for a living, even in that, it's the same aspect. I I do sheet vinyl for like a lot of hospitals in their OR rooms Mm -hmm. and these special floors, but also do all of it, all the other floors. You know what I mean? But I I make more money in the hospitals, you know, but But I will do other things. This is a a key, this is key to this situation. COVID Mm -hmm. has leveled the fucking playing field. It really has. And it has shut up all of those assholes who say, oh, you're a day job guy. You don't have the balls to go, sure. you know, fucking chase your dream. Uh-huh. Which is what you would hear all the time. Like, oh, you play in a cover band? Yeah. Dude, that's... You know? Yeah. Oh, you're not willing to kind of risk it all and go for it as a... But they're... Well, that's that's really ignorant statement because you're that's your livelihood. And you're I'm, I can't say that as a musician. And I would like well, to. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like we, somebody, I, would, I would hear this 20 years ago. You know, oh, 25 yeah. years ago when I yeah. and I was playing in original bands but we all worked jobs sure whether it was pizza delivery or you were going to school to get a degree or whatever it was okay I mean like as of now for somebody to say that to you would be really like, well that's what? what I mean about COVID has 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 put us all in this in this the same kind of 
sphere. We mm -hmm. all know now that we can't make a living playing music. Regardless of what it is, you sure. better find another way to support yourself. And yeah. we all have families. Unless you're grandfathered in, per se, you know, like you're already there and, you know, you have a stream of money. Yeah, you know, there are people that's who... That's that, but on our level, you know, per se, yeah, it's very... Uh, Those people who have a stream, something. though, even let's just say Taylor Swift, for sure. example. Yeah. Everybody's talking about how her album is, is a raw statement of the situation that she's in the newest one what's it called it's, i don't, uh, I don't even know about. what it's called i've just read uh, you know <laughs> things about it's it's a grassroots effort on her part okay she's you know obviously flush with cash for the rest of her oh, life she never has yes. to worry about it but she's not gonna be touring this anytime soon no mm. you know it's no. it's an actual statement of i remember what it's like to have to you know kind of learn how to use my four track yeah you know learn I was when I was making quote unquote music in my bedroom, I had two boom boxes. And I would play my drums into this oh, one. Yeah, I and then I'd say. play the drums out of this one record. and record the bass on this one. <laughs> and I'd take the tape out of that one, put it in this one. Yeah. And the Keep and deteriorate of the deterioration that would happen over those three or four little yeah, jumps. You lose some, some you mean uh, character? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> character. Generation of sound gets lost. But at that. the same time I'm like I'm this is how it works, you know. This is mm -hmm. this poor man's multi-tracking that I'm doing in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. yeah. we can, we're all back there now. We're all sitting in. We, we're observing a modicum of social distancing here. You guys are still trying to keep something attention going. on yeah. the bleeding in stereo brand. Sure. And it's it's a way. It's a kind of a grassroots, uh, back against the wall kind of way of keeping things. Well, in people's uh, ears. We were talking nice. about doing this prior to, to COVID hitting, mm -hmm. and uh, for the plain fact of just to get to know and to know other people in the scene better, rather than we see each other at a show. I haven't actually ever met you in person till mm -hmm. today. That's right. And you know what I mean. This this is cool. This is what I think we need more of. That w was the original reason why we did this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just so happens. Yeah, okay. COVID's here. We can't play out. We might as well do something. Right. But really, it was to get to know other people. With well, it's serendipitous like then that it, yeah. those are those are happening at the same time. Yeah. But for all of us, whether you're a, you have a day job and you're working as a musician when, in your spare time, and it doesn't make it any less valuable or fulfilling. It doesn't mean you're committed any less to making it happen. You just have considerations. We sure. all have considerations, and I remember feeling this way. You know, the way these, the, the people that I'm kind of using as a, a pivot point for this argument is I remember when I was younger and I was like, you're not willing to make the sacrifice of, you know, driving to Miami on a weekend and then going over to Tampa and then shooting up to Pensacola and mm, going yeah. back to work on Monday being exa exhausted. You're not willing to do that. We don't want you in this band, you know. And, well, and we were more realistic with what we could obtain, you know. Well, and I you're guess. also older. Sure, yeah. You know, when you're 20, yeah. uh, I was, you know, back and forth from college. I was driving to Melbourne to play gigs when we were in Black Hats and Bottle Rockets. And, you know, and it's the saddest thing when, when A&M Records and I think it was called Imago was an imprint of Henry Rollins's record label back then. They're like, all right, we're going to do a showcase at um, Washington Square in Miami. And we were really excited about seeing you guys. And we're like, ah, 
this is it. We're gonna, you know, let's put together the you know five song just yeah, belt just smash and we them. got there and the only people in the place are the two A and R folks and they're sitting all the way in the back in the dark and there's no crowd to feed the energy yeah. off of and and they all right guys come on over nice work here's your checklist okay lead singer needs to look at the crowd more okay ah oh, shit you know wow. you just get this checklist and you're like oh we got so much work to do and that's when it sets in you're like we really want to keep fucking yeah. slogging this out for what for what for the yeah. love of it that is what it ends up being yeah yes yeah and you still have to make those decisions even now yeah, yeah. i'm 52 years old Oh, we're yeah. not making nothing off of this. So, I mean, no, it's, it's, totally a, it's a love of uh, just communicating. It's and still passion, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I live for that. I mean, money, we all wish that we could make the money. We, you know, speaking of my band, I, I know you're already making money as a musician, but. But not with my band. Well, yeah. That's okay. the difference. That's all of the other stuff I do things. is still, you know, I get, I got, when I, the first job I got when I lost my job, I got, was commissioned to write a full musical. And that's a like, lot of this work. Is, it's a hell of a lot of work. That's a lot. And I wrote both the book and the music. It wasn't just one or the other. So the musical, I mean, when you write that, musically speaking, not just uh, choreo. Did you do choreography? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. It, what it was was a guy who had, uh, because this was a, f a fundraising effort for homelessness, the theme was homelessness. This guy had written a bunch of poems okay. and said, I want to make this into a musical. And he kind of hired me as a consultant. And I said, some of these are good, but they're not going to work as, it, it, they, there's no thematic coherence to it other than the homelessness. Yeah. There's no story. The songs come across as poems, you know, somewhat cheesy. The rhyme schemes are predictable. Um, so I gave him, I gave him sure. my critical eye yeah. for what I know about musical theater, sure. and he said, well, will you help me write it? And I said, yeah, sure, here's my rate, this is what it's going to take. Um, he had money and connections to get it on stage, so for a year, I, every day, my 9 to 5 was going out to my studio and writing songs and writing the script and showing him pieces and getting awesome. approved, and, wow. um, and it took a year. And it was on stage. I can only imagine. That's an incredible yeah. feat. Yeah, it just was the huge. Sheer amount of work that goes. And to see it on stage, it was on the Wilson Center for seven nights. Awesome. Every night was sold out. Granted, he had the connections to get it sold out. Sure. And to move the pieces in his life to get the funding. Yeah. And make everything happen, which is not easy. It's a big part of it. It's mm, yeah, yeah, it's a huge part. Um, but after that, it was crickets. You know, I had a year of employment, and then now what? Yeah. And so... Well, yeah, because you're spending a lot of time on that. You're not exactly out looking for the other opportunity. You can't. That one's you're, over, you're, I'm going out to know. the studio. I'm yeah. working all day. I'm picking my daughter up from school. I'm bringing her home, making sure she's got her homework done. My wife comes home. We have dinner. We get the kid ready for bed. And then the next day, I'm working again. Yeah. Just like you guys do with your day jobs. Sure, yeah. Um, and, yeah. And so... It, it was a career at that point, and then it's, it's a year contract, you're done. You yeah. see it on stage, and everybody's like, yeah, and then, whew, now what? Yeah, I guess that's, is that where an agent would come in handy, I guess, because they do the shopping for you? Maybe so, say, I know, don't know, I've I think Jacksonville work, is a different environment than that. It is, for sure, there's not a lot of that here. Maybe in sure. Orlando? Yeah. 
You know, that's about the closest location. Of Atlanta. course, they take their chunk, but I guess you're working. What's, you know what well, I mean? from what I know about management, especially mm -hmm. in, the, in the age of no more record deals, yeah. is management positions you. It gets you in front of people who are, it's, you're not just casting a wide net. Your, your manager is sure, making sure you're that saying. you're in front of the right people at yeah, the right time. Not wasting your efforts, per mm -hmm. se. And getting real answers. Yeah, and se, and, you know. and not having this unrealistic expectation of your career uh, possibilities. Sure. Uh, black Kids are a perfect example. A dear friend of mine plays bass or played bass in Black Kids. And um, they went to, I think it was South by Southwest, where they just rolled the dice. Black Kids is the name of them. A band. A band, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're not familiar, um, probably mid-2000s, I'm guessing. Um, I, I've never heard of them. Yeah, they, they had a hit. It was called I'm Not Gonna Teach Your Boyfriend How to Dance With You. Uh, or, well, yeah, it's right here. Let's have a listen. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Did you pull it up, brother? We're here. Look at him. It's a little taste of black kids. Kind of indie. Yeah. They're from Jacksonville? You say they're still together? Keep going. So these guys, you know, when this song came out, they were taking this material to like South by Southwest. Sure. And it wasn't a record company that signed them, it was a management company. Sure, yeah. And they got, you could you can bring up David Letterman, they're on David Letterman. Oh, you can bring cool. up Jules, Jules Holland, they're on there too. Um, That's so and, weird, I never heard of them. Yeah, well, it was... It was a strange thing for them because they they they're one of those few acts that hit quick. Okay. And then you got to deliver, you know. And they, I think That's they had stress, two. No doubt. Yeah, they, I think they yeah. had two albums out. Um, they toured them. Uh, they were doing great. And then it, they just I don't know if they hit a creative wall. Um, Owen, my friend. Well, they're all my friends, but Owen, I'm the closest with the bass player. Mm -hmm. He moved to New York. Did a solo record. He now has a day job. You know, he's he's married. Um, well, all the things. Some jokes about that. So what you're teaching. You're teaching at home now. Is that yes? Oh, okay. That's yeah. Cool. I guess the point I was trying to make with Black Kids was the management thing. Yeah. How yes. beneficial it can be. It can be. You know, yeah, it's sure. it's it's different than a record deal. Mm -hmm. You know, you have there's different expectations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my diversification came from teaching. Um, cool. I never had that opportunity. So my, do you teach uh, all instruments? I teach. Or mainly drums? I teach drums, or? guitar, bass, piano, okay, um, and voice. Voice. Those are the cool. main things I teach. Awesome. And I can only, like, uh, drums, I can go all the way to, um, you know, whatever the word you want to use for sure. expert level or whatever. Um, bass, I can teach intermediate level. Piano is mostly beginner. Um, I can get to a little bit of inter intermediate, um, and then my hands get in the way. Sure. I've always had. I'm the same way. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and then I. But I, what the opportunity gets me is to send them to other uh, teachers. You know, I can. Sure. I can yeah, them at up that point. More experienced sure. teachers for those types. Obviously, of Tom Bennett would be a good one. At that Tom point. has had yes. several of my students. Yeah, I pass them along. 
Awesome. Um, but it, it's the folks in Black Kids are now leading other lives. You know, yeah. they had their moment. It's probably was an incredible moment sure. to know that your original yeah. music is worldwide and you're touring and like all of the bands that we idolized experienced. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't imagine what happens after that. Yeah, the high and the low thing. And that's right? something yeah. we are, it's the one, well, not one, there are many benefits to being truly independent. Mm -hmm. But one of those things is you still get to do whatever you want. Yeah. Like you were telling me, this yeah. new thing you're working on is more acoustic oriented. Yeah. If you were told Contracted. by your label, fuck that. That's not wrong. You have to do that last <laughs> album again yeah. because your fans are counting on it and they're the ones that are going to buy your record yeah. and come to your shows. We can't have you doing an acoustic record right now. Maybe later when you've got, you know. Yeah, things settle down and nobody cares or whatever. So you yeah. have that luxury. You yeah. have the luxury of going, fuck it, let's do it. That is kind of why we did it too, for this, that reason. Like, who's telling us we can't do whatever we want to do? Right. Nobody. So well, that's a cool story of like how we evolved. And we talked about it before yeah. on here. Your review. <laughs> our album yeah. was a pivotal moment in the band. It was. Oh, God, no. No, it was great. No, it was good. I love that you didn't care who we were and said what you you know, felt and you heard. You know? I remember we went and got the fresh copy of Folio. <laughs> we knew I, there was going to be something, week, bro. But I knew this one was special because your uh -huh. column was in it. And we, uh, went, we went back to the room, we read it, and we were like, Real quiet. And then yeah. we, went to, we went to Al's Pizza, sat at the bar, yeah. got a little bit of food, and we were like, well, shit. I don't know if you remember what you, you said. know, I wrote so many. I, I can't yeah, remember yeah. what no, I said honestly, about... Honestly, it wasn't that bad. I thought, okay, it might be worse, but it was... Uh, okay, I'll just say what it was. The titles was... Uh, it sets you up for expectations. Well, <laughs> did I, now was this in the knife? Did I write this in the, the knife? knife. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So no, we had a so, an intro song to the album. Well, remember, I don't write the headlines. Oh, you don't do the. I did when I was the editor, but when it was the knife, I would turn my column in and they would write them. So I got you. Um, I came right out of the gate with it, didn't you I? Did. Oh God! <laughs> Gloves off. Um, that's what we miss about Folio: the rawness. Yeah. Yeah. But I yep. can tell. I can tell. Oh, you, the, just the disclaimers themselves are are embarrassing. <laughs> it's it's totally cool. It man. was needed. It was it, it was. was a push because we, at that time, were in a in a very awkward phase of, of transitioning in between. Yeah. Like, oh, do we write to please people or ourselves? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and uh, it's always that compromise between that and then growth and having to adapt, and then us like really sitting down and. Insane. You know, these were good songs. Why didn't we put them on there? Yeah. Well, some of it's digest. I think you digest songs, and uh, some are meaningful, and some just are shit. You know what I mean? Some well, and, and this some is shit. this and is really something we need to make a distinction about. And I and I have this argument with people all the time. There are two types of music: music you like and music you don't like. Sure. Fuck the good and bad thing. You know, it's not about quality. Yeah, There's no subjective yeah. litmus test for music. If it appeals to you, if it touches you on any level at all, makes you it's laugh. good. Yeah, You're, you think it's good, even if you know it's 
not good. You're like, fuck it, I like it. But it's, yeah, it's making I mean, me feel a way that I'm cool. Yeah, I'm, like I'm happy listening to this. Yeah. I don't have to justify it to anyone. They don't have to justify why they made Some it. Some people, yeah, they want you to have to, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, like, but, why do you like that shit? You know, you're like, but I just, you, you cannot, like you it, cannot I give a, an objective, an objective list of qualities that music needs to have. Now, True. you yeah. can say, like, I hate you too. Okay? Sure. And I hate the da Dave Matthews band. And I hate them for two different reasons. I hate you too because I just think they're a terrible band. And you can ask me why, and I can say this is why. They rely on the Edge's cliche, delayed guitar work he's been using for 25 have fucking you, years. Have you watched it make it loud? <laughs> I have, and I did, and I had it. But I, I respect the guy. Yeah. You know, I respect the guy, he but I just least, don't like though. it. He didn't do anything. He was just like, well, I got delay. <laughs> right. But the Dave Matthews band, I hate for a completely different reason. Okay. I can't stand Dave Matthews' voice. I think the songwriting is substandard. But every person in that band is a motherfucker. They are bad. They are musicians. incredible musicians. Yeah. Now, this is not to slight Larry Millen Jr. He's a great drummer for what you two needed. Everybody says the bass player is horrible, but he delivered what they. No, who okay. can criticize worldwide success and fame over three decades? You mean like Michael Anthony? <laughs> Michael Anthony was a good bass player. And I emphasize he good because he he's not great, he but did he's exactly good. what was needed for That's right. Van Halen. He didn't have to yeah. be great. <laughs> Look who he had back on the kit. No, nah, listen to him on Chicken Foot. Was he in that band too? Yeah. He's way different. I have no complaints with Again, Michael had, Anthony. His Chad Smith. backup vocals? Unbelievable. But Dave Matthews' band, I hate. I love I can't him. stomach him. We could talk all night about why you love him and why I hate him. Absolutely. It doesn't matter because it's not objective. Yeah, there absolutely. is no one thing that we say, here's the list of criteria, and we have to check all these boxes because your boxes are different than my boxes. Exactly. Sure. So buds. what's the point of arguing over quality? You either like it or you don't. Sure. And all of this talk about there's only good music and bad music, I don't, I, was it? It wasn't no. Duke Ellington. It was like uh, Satchmo or so something like that. It was what? one of those. And, and I understand the idea of it. There are two types of music. There's good music and bad music. And that means we should all be striving to make the best art that we can. Sure. But well, that doesn't mean somebody else is going to think it's good. Like if you back up to old blues artists, uh, let's just say Robert Johnson. Mm -hmm. You listen to those recordings back then. His, t his meter was all over the place. He was very sloppy. He was playing on a guitar ways, that's, you know. But the soul of it was, you listen to him and go, I don't, I don't give a shit what it sounds like, like as a recording, mm -hmm. like what he was doing. The was, spirit was there. Yeah. But if you played it, really it to, if you played that for an EDM DJ. Sure, yeah. They'd be like, unless they are steeped in music history and really appreciate the foundations of the music they're making. Yeah. It's going to sound like sloppy, Old. poorly recorded yeah. junk. And that's all they're going to hear. Exactly. And yeah. that's fine if that's the way you want to perceive it. Doesn't mean it was good or bad. You just don't like the it. Way yeah. that I, the way that I look at music, and I have for a long time, I, I gave you an example. I used to pull it to hardcore shows. I'm playing beat down, tough guy hardcore, listening to Seal. And yeah. I mean jamming. And people are like, no. And I'm like, what? And I'm turning it up. I love Seal. But to me, that's a it's problem. Tough. That is Ooh, a problem. Uh, and this is a, to me, it's medicine. This is a societal problem. It's not a music problem. It's a fucking societal problem. All of this tribalism, all of this, um, this what we think is objective uh, 
standards that we hold other people to mm -hmm. is causing a problem. It always sure has. Yeah. Tribalism is good in it's an evolutionary sense, ways, but yeah. it's terrible for the development of an intellectual society. And you experience sure. that when you pull up to a show listening to music that you fucking love and the, the tribe outside of your car that is dressed appropriately for their idiot ritual, right? And I participated in these idiot rituals. I was in mosh, mosh pits at Agnostic Front shows and, nice. and, and understanding the aggressive ethos of hardcore and why it appeals to me. Mm -hmm. It has um, very little relevance to me when I'm writing, you know, when I'm translating my scores into finale and I'm really paying attention to the intricacies of the theoretical concepts right. in the music. It's completely different than There's that. It. It's good for this part of my being. It doesn't mean that what I'm listening to, Seal or the Nelson Riddle Orchestra with Linda Ronstadt, isn't just as fucking good as that music you guys are going to beat each other up over. And mm -hmm. I, why am I being judged by it? Mm -hmm. Well, it was cool because I, or for it, I, I was say. able to through that them open up people to other things. Like, dude, there's more. Than hate breed. There's there's more <laughs> than uh, there's more bands than this, and, and if you get into it, it's going to help you write more interesting things. You ask me all the time, how do you come up with these drum parts, dude? How do you come up with these drum parts? I don't listen to, to exclusively hardcore. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. little. I think it was Chris Cornell that said any good rock music doesn't come from rock. Like it has all these other yeah, uh, influences. But rock than, music is if you want to call it rock. It's sure. the end of the line for this incredibly rich historical march through time beginning way back with you know slave songs on the plantations which became blues which sure. became jazz which became right. american swing which became the swing beat of you know bill haley and the comets or chuck berry those were the shuffle beats that were kind of evolving out of the muck of of you know, this evolutionary muck that we all came from, it goes way back. And all of the the stuff that we're talking about now, all of this modern approach to music being made by machines, Wisely. you know, this is the, 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 there was no end to rock and roll. You know, there was no end to rock and roll. But the evolution of rock and roll took us, like it or not, took us into disco. And, and the importance of disco in my... Um, and my growth as a musician cannot be overstated. It was so important to my development as a musician, and it is wholly ridiculed. Even Zappa, my favorite of all favorites, was anti-disco. He wrote several <laughs> anti-disco songs, probably not because of the quality of the music, but because of what it was doing to the market. So but like Bee markets, Gees, per se? Well, maybe we're talking... Bee Gees, Donna the, Summer. Earth, Wind um, & Fire. Chase Earth, Wind & Fire was more R&B. But they did capitalize on. But look at what Kiss did, man! They fucking put out a disco song, a whole and it was a hit. <laughs> it did. It was a hit. Was you a cannot hit. deny oh, the influence man. that disco had on music, especially if you're in <laughs> the EDM world. It is disco. What's really funny about the Kiss thing? Yeah, I'm gonna interject real quick. They made a whole movie, Detroit Rock City, about kids going to a Kiss concert. And disco kids being the enemy. That's right. That's right. And I was made for loving you was a Irony. huge hit. Yeah. Yes. So we realized that, that that four on the floor kick drum, that so much of 
what we listen to is based on, mm-hmm. is essential to EDM. And all of the untis is a disco beat. That big oh, yeah. joke about oh, electronic yeah. untis, untis, untis. That is the fucking quintessential disco, disco beat. beat. Yeah, sure. It wasn't part of rock and roll as uh, we knew it. Or even shuffle. Led yeah. Zeppelin wasn't playing disco beats. Yeah. Um, yeah, shuffle, blues, shuffle. Yeah. George Thorogood. Wasn't doing that. Charlie Daniels. All of the late 70s rock and roll, outlaw country, everything that came out of the blues, you know, all the stuff we were listening to, none of it was that. That was a special moment. That was a turning point. Yeah. And all of the 80s music was based on that four on the floor disco beat. And all of the you know, 90s was a kind of an anomaly because of grunge. Right, they they kind of took it back to the roots of rock with this yeah. weird angsty uh, underpinning, but it was still very rock. Yeah. You know, we kind of oh, got yeah. back to the roots punk, of rock, punk rock mixed. And of yeah. course, the whole time disco is evolving. We also have hair metal, and you know, and goodness knows, I was uh, every day listening to Iron Maiden and all of the offshoots of the you know the Deep Purples and the Led Zeppelins that went through the eighties. Sure, but everything that we see as commercial music was either at that point hair metal or goth and new wave in the 80s right that's pretty much what the market was ruled by and you got a helicopter coming by uh sounds cool doesn't it oh yeah you know what we're talking about yeah you can hear all the black ops they're on the coming in <laughs> pink floyd song with the helicopters in the which was oh, yeah. and what was damn, what damn, was damn. what was the wall it was a fucking disco song Okay. And also performance art. Dun, 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 Thank you. Dun, 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 dun. When you get it, need no. It was a disco. Oh, I hear it. And so its influence was pervasive, and is completely the foundation of electronic dance music today. And to deny that, to deny the history, is either to be willfully ignorant, or be ashamed. And Music ah. should not be that way. No. The, 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 yeah. the influence of the audience that was standing outside of your car judging you for listening to Seal is more reflective of their own willful ignorance than what progress you could make musically or intellectually. And again, I say this is a societal problem. It's not just music. It mm-hmm. happens all, and it's happening in writ large in this political socio-collapse uh, that we're experiencing. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the, I'm I right, think, these yeah. few people that I like think I'm right, and that's good. And it's and everybody and, else is wrong. Well, here's something cool, though. In moments like that, my own personal experience, talking to people there, they're like, well, why do you listen to that? And I explained to them, you know, you hear this part, well, here's an old song that I, I was inspired by. There are so many colors on mm-hmm. a palette. Yeah. You're choosing to use three colors. You're choosing red. Why? Why are you Only. limiting yourself when you've got all of this material mm-hmm. that you can use to make something beautiful? Well, when they, that... when the music matches a lifestyle that they chose, I think that's why they just they pigeonhole themselves into that. But thing. the funny thing is, is, is the bands that stand out mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, there's something different about them. That's that's good. There's something literally different about them. You can go mm-hmm. and you can you can look in. Oh, they changed the time signature on this. This isn't the typical. But four, this four kind of down. adventure that you're talking about taking, it requires a level of courage that people aren't willing to investigate. And I don't mean this in a big sense. I don't mean courage like it's the courage. Like the judgment they would. The, get. Well, to break out of your comfort zone okay. is 
if if you drive just the same way every fruition. every night, you drive the same way home every night. It's comfortable. You know you'll get home at relatively the same time, unless something happens, and it's it's safe. It's there's no adventure to it. Mm -hmm. But if one day you say, I'm just going to drive through this weird neighborhood, and it might take me 20 more minutes to get home, but I might discover something about the world I live in that I didn't know before. Yeah. It might not even be a pretty thing. It might be oh I had no idea that it was you know, 20 minutes from my house. Or, yeah. But if you're not willing to take the adventure, the it takes willpower hmm. to break away from your tribe. It takes willpower to um, move away from the fear, the comfort level that your tribe offers, right? Sure. The yeah. protection, the acceptance. That is, yeah. It's hard to... Seems to be a lot of it. Especially when you're young. Yeah. And you're at that moment when acceptance is so important. Mm -hmm. And... Every fucking time, the rebels, the people that are breaking away from those communities, start their own communities. And they create comfort levels for themselves within what might be seen as the rebellious community, and they follow their own rules. And they, they have a very set list of criteria you have to follow, or you don't get to be in that group. Sure. And so these subsets start, and it takes courage to just say, I don't want to be a part of any of those groups. That's what I did. I will dabble in all of those groups. That's literally what I did. I got to the point where I was like, this is monotonous. It's, yeah. it's, it's great. And I pulled away and went to the studio. And I was like, I'm just going to drum the studio. I, there I was able to do R&B albums. Yeah, you got involved rock. in all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I played man. everything. Mm -hmm. And I was feeding myself. And I was putting out stuff that, that was, was good. It felt good. Yeah, sure the, problem is, the problem is when you go back. Which was with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> when you go back to the tribe and you say... I experienced this whole huge world out there, man. Come experience it, experience it with me. Take a taste, and like, yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. That makes me real uncomfortable. But you'll find that one person who wants to go down that road with you. They That's want to experience. The only that. reason I joined this band was because me and him had a talk, and he, I was like, listen, this is where I come from. This is kind of what I want to do. You know, I love all these different things. And yeah, he was like, yeah, let's get in here and make a mess. Yeah, makes soup. And now, at our, and so at our age, right, all the people we went to high school with, 98% of which or whom are in jobs they hate, are, you know, literally between 50 and 55% of them are divorced. It's just a national statistic. Sure. They've got, they're in over their heads financially. They have all of the problems that go with this, the huge burden that we're all bearing of life in general, right? And not to mention COVID. We don't even have to, that's not even, that doesn't have to be that's a part of the equation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just in general. They, yeah. it, it is, you look back on where they were and where they are, and it's the hierarchy that existed in high school. They wish it still existed because that was their comfort level, especially the ones who are at the top of that, that food chain. Well, yeah, they get tested as they leave there. And maybe now they're not the top dog, or like at the top of that uh, tribe per se. Right. In the next level of what they get right. into, and so, they have to create another comfort yeah. level for themselves. But in so doing, they compromise. We all do, in a job they might not like. Oh, I'll only do this for a few years, and then I'll get back to the, my passion, which I really want to own a business. You know, uh, selling model trains or something. You know, yeah, whatever. It, it is. It, yeah. Whatever the weird thing that you want to do for your life. You know, it, it can it can be very discouraging when you get to be our age. Well, we're, we're uh, I'm 
15 years older than you, but we're all experiencing the, the heft of family responsibilities and, oh, yeah. and maintaining a, a job balanced with our passions. Yeah, that balance is hard. Yeah. It's, it, it, you look back, it's that middle age crisis, it's the sadness of aging or whatever it is, and you look back and you're like, what could I have done differently that maybe I would be really super fucking happy right now? And I was fortunate that the two things I pursued, writing and music, were my passions. I just pursued them. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough to have careers in both of those fields. So I never felt like I was, it was the drudgery of the day-to-day. -day. I went to work. Did you ever have people say that you couldn't do it and that you used that as fuel? you know, to, to keep pushing towards um, it? Well, my parents were always very supportive of both music and writing, but okay. they did say, you need to go to college. Okay. We're going to pay for it. You pay for your books and your food, and, of course, I, they ended up paying for the books and food, too. But <laughs> that was kind of the, the idea was you're going to take some responsibility here, and you're going to go to college, and you got to figure it out. Yeah. And I was like, what are the three things that I love to do? I love to draw, I love to write, and I love to play music. All right, what am I not willing to compromise on? Music. Okay. So that leaves me drawing and writing. So I went to the University of Florida for architecture, and I was there for two and a half years, and I failed miserably. So I went home with my tail between my legs, and I got my AA at a community college. I said, well, there's only two things left, writing and music. I'm still not willing to compromise my music. Of course, I, that was the ignorant part of me, was sure. yeah. it's not compromising <clears throat> yeah. getting a, an institutional education and learning theory and you know maybe getting a job as a, as a conductor or you know well. something that's not bashing it out on the rock circuit. Yeah. But that was my ignorance at the time, so I said I'm going to become a writer, and I got my degree in journalism. But they were still my three passions. Those are the things that I love to do. Mm -hmm. And I was incredibly fortunate to be able to do that for my entire working life. Yeah. Some jobs were better than others. Some had pressures that I didn't anticipate. Mm -hmm. Folio became very pressure cooker near the end because the internet was just kind of taking over, and there were expectations that 15, 10 years ago there weren't. But I was fighting a battle within the scope of my passion. And I've been fortunate. Yeah. I've been so fortunate to be able to do that. How many people get that opportunity? It's rare. It's yeah. very rare. Mm -hmm. So I look back on my life and, and have a deep appreciation for that. And I've got, a very, gotcha. I've got a great family, and my wife and I have been together 25 That's years. Awesome. We've got a lovely kid. My parents, fortunately, are together. Her parents were together until her dad died. We had just this rare this rare existence that, you know, a, a low percentage of people are, are they, yeah, they get privileged enough to have. Yeah, in one package. So yeah. I, and, but at the, t I've always, I've never really been that person that wanted to be in any one tribe. I played football in high school and I went to band practice right afterward. I did the same thing. Okay. <laughs> Shoulder pads off during halftime. Yeah. You know, bass drum on. Yep. March, run over. But I went to, I didn't go to that band <laughs> practice. I went to the Filthy Warehouse practice with the rock band. There you go. Because I would not put that bass drum on. And I played one week in summer band, and I totally fucked that up. And I was like, I knew it. You know, it, it reaffirmed all of the bullshit fears that I had kind of programmed into myself about the academic world of music, which I regret because I went back, you know, gotcha. 15 years ago and started mm -hmm. learning theory again. And it just opened up the world of music. So you to me. thought, uh, in some ways, theory was going to stain or taint the. Uh, this is direction. what fear does. And I, I know. I mean, I went through this too because yeah. I almost went to Berkeley in, in Boston. I was accepted. Mm -hmm. My life went a different direction as an early twenty-year-old. 
So I never went back. I kind of let the acceptance run out and all that. But I think, what would I be if I would have followed that yep. as far as you how I write? You could have been a member No, they were already on their way before I got there. But, well, and, but... The, yeah, I know what you mean, like the education of it, like... It just was feels... Was it going to make me better or worse? Well, when, and, and an when artist, you're... I, I, I have to plead my own ignorance when I was younger because it was all about rock and roll. Yeah. It was all about getting the record deal. It was all about... Even though I was working as a journalist or I was working on my degree in journalism, it was all about, dude, how are we going to get in front of people? How are we going to get our demo yeah. listened to? You know, it was just this really narrow-minded focus, which... And it, and it requires that narrow-minded, you know, single-minded approach Sorry. to... Uh, your success as a band, you you kind of have to do that, but at the same time, it completely limited my options, and I, and it's not a regret. I mean, it, it yeah. is not a regret, but it is something I look back on and think, you could have learned how to read music, you know. It's the well, path. It's the path that shapes you. Yeah. Now, I had the benefit of my dad was a drummer. Mm -hmm. He learned from my mom's brother, uh, Thomas Terry Florence. He just passed away recently. Phenomenal drummer. My uh, dad's brother, also a drummer, Jeff Lloyd. Another solid pocket. Like I had the benefit that they chased that mm -hmm. and didn't get it, and they were like, "You're going to learn theory. Mm. Here's a snare drum. It's good. Us five. You want to play drums? You weren't averse to here. it. You know, you weren't like, no, I'm not going to learn that. I, you well, kind of. Here's the story. Dad shows me uh, twenty one twelve in <laughs> moving pictures. It says, "You want that? You start here. Pillow mm. and uh, two brushes for your hair." Yeah. I get, you know, tapping along with that. I, oh, yeah, he's got a natural beat. Here's a snare drum. Rudiments, 25, Percussive Art Society. Go one hour a day. Practice them. If you really want it, you'll go after it. So from, like, an experience where you had, where they're like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing, you know, band. See, I did take lessons, though. I don't, I don't want to, you know. I did, too. I was learning what guitar, you were learning. On guitar. But I, I wasn't learning it in this institutional environment, the thing I was rebelling against, which was really not smart. And that's where they wanted me to to know theory. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they, my uncle taught drum set lessons to my father and his brother. Mm -hmm. So they were doing the same things. He learned from somebody. But they wanted me to, to have that organized, structured, sure. you know, do marching band, do jazz band, do orchestra, yeah. learn these things. Because it's going to make you a better player. Right. If you want to play rock, go learn all of this first, then come back to rock. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's the path that shapes you. Well, you're yeah. lucky you had those influences, though. Oh, the, 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 the thing I experienced, though, and, and this rebellious attitude I had benefited me more than it didn't. Um, sure. Like I said, I've never had alcohol in my life, regardless of the peer pressures when I was. That's amazing for like playing in clubs. And oh, every night I was surrounded by it. And, and the pressure when you're younger is different. Now you're like, who gives a shit if he drinks alcohol? But back yeah. then it's like, come on, man, have a beer or yeah, whatever yeah. it is oh, that's yeah. happening. I never did drugs. I never was interested in pleasing. If you didn't like me, I didn't have the time for you. Sure. I didn't waste time. I went and found other outlets for for friendships and things like that. And I've and it's caused some problems in my life. I mean. Me not caring what other people think of me is very. I have a very low filter, as you guys know. Yeah. It's gotten me fired from you know local television because I said some things on the air that mm. were unacceptable. <laughs> um, that's actually hey. admirable. Well, it, that's, cool. it, that's what I love about you <laughs> most. The, John. the question, well, oh, thank you. <laughs> but the, the thing about it is whether what I said or was offensive or not. The, the way that the corporate environment works is 
they know, and I was canceled. It was cancel culture way back in yeah. the 90s is when okay. it happened. Before the... Uh, Before this wave of yeah. political sensitivity. Smartphones. Um, they did not come to my defense. I was immediately let go. I had to craft an apology that they aired, and they mm. completely cut me loose. They didn't want to have anything to do with me. They did not say... He's the guy we hired to improvise on television. He was trying to make a humorous segue from something that he didn't have all the information about. It's on air, spontaneous. Sure. We don't have a seven second delay. Yeah. They did not come to the fence and saying, he's on uh, administrative leave, he'll be back in two weeks, he's gonna go to, you know, he, we're gonna do some counseling. None of that. It was, that <laughs> motherfucker is gone. That's crazy. Here's his apology, he'll never be on the air again. Was that? In Jacksonville? Yeah, and I don't want to name the channel. That's fine, yeah. Um, but it was, it was a, a hard lesson mm -hmm. in, in um, not only the compromises you make to maintain just the equilibrium of your relationships, but how unwilling people are to defend you if you say something that they either don't agree with or they find is offensive. Um, I'm not intentionally hurtful, but I say things that hurt people's feelings. My honesty is really what's troubling people most of the time. Sometimes it is vindictive. I'm human, right? Yeah, I mean, we all. But yeah. We have our own personal pot stir. In the <laughs> but I do try to, I sincerely apologize when I think I am wrong or intentionally hurtful. I don't apologize for saying what I think, especially if I can back it up substantively. Sure. And I never worried about that. So friends came and went in my orbit. And I, and I didn't worry about that tribalism so much. And so that, I, I, I really think that's a beneficial underpinning of, of my upbringing, not only musically, but in, in every other aspect of my life. It's yeah. the path that shapes you. Yeah. So. But, and I don't think we take enough control of our own paths. That's the sad thing. Is I can agree you with can, that. You have volition. You can say to your friends, no. no. Yeah. I don't want to do X because it reflects something that I don't think is either right or ethically sound, or even it's unbecoming to me. It just doesn't sit right. Well, with either me. you enlighten them, or they they just leave you, and you're not friends. Or them, so. you and en you enlighten them the way you say you do. Maybe the one person is like, okay. I, I want to check that, out, check that out, man. Seal? Who's Seal? What is that all about? <laughs> you mean well, like he's Space this, Jam? He's this <laughs> motherfucker of a singer yeah. that you're never gonna hear because you don't either understand it or you don't want those people to think that you're listening to some, you know, pussy R&B. Yeah. Right. And it's so, it's such a shame. I love the Carpenters. I love Captain and Tennille. I love the Grease soundtrack. I love Sun, one of the hardest, darkest bands out there. I love Celtic Frost. I love Black Sabbath. I also love Frank Zappa and Thelonious Monk and Miles Davis, and I love John Cage, and I love Harry Parch, and I love Sly and the Family Stone, and I even like some of the things that the people that were in the Dave Matthews Band did, because it's different, and it's and it's it's this this stew of stuff that you don't have to be ashamed of. Sure. Even if I don't like fucking you too, I still think Bullet the Blue Sky is an awesome song. They, they got some hits, no doubt. I mean, you can't. Songs. I can't just write them off, yeah. you know. I could probably say that about, and, and this is what I tell some of my students, what can I do to be a better musician? And I say, listen to music you hate. That's I did, what you I, can I've do to be I've been doing that a, a lot lately, like and, backing up a music that was popular when I was growing up. Yeah. I'm like, why was it so, I didn't like it then, but I'm like, why was it so popular? There's a reason right. why these things were. Some of it is anomalous. Some of it is sure. just garbage. Yeah. And it just struck a chord. Flavor of the week. 
Yeah. The Some of it of is formulaic. Because, you know, I'm not looking at it as a how popular they were, really. It was more of, like, why was, like, Dishwalla, one of their songs. Like, <laughs> yeah. what was up with that song? Why was it so... Counting Blue Cars? Yeah. Like, why but you don't have that? to like yeah. it. Yeah. That doesn't I, mean it, it strikes a chord with you all of a sudden. You're like, oh, I get it. Sometimes you do. <laughs> yeah. But the other part of that assignment that I give my students is listen to music you hate, and then I want you to come and tell me what you like about it. Don't tell me what you hate about it. I want you to okay. find something to like about it. Is it the bass line? Is it the clapping pattern? Is it the fact that, you know, it, the second chorus doesn't repeat? Just tell me something about it that appeals to you. If it's on an emotional level, an arrangement level, technical level, whatever it is. And when I tell them that, I'm, I also think to myself, I need to do the same thing. Sure, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's a hell of an exercise. I know a lot of music, musicians in the scene want... He's right. That we all need to just, you know, we make fun of Five Finger Death Punch, and oh, I, yeah. I was slamming hard on that last Metallica song. But you know what? There is redeeming stuff <laughs> in new, that song. New Metallica. It song. was just so different for me that I was like, "Oh, this is not Metallica." But you still don't have to like it. I mean, I, I'm not saying right. when I say find something to like about it. I'm not mean. I don't mean literally like all of a sudden you like this. But find something of value in right. it that you can point to and say. I had no. I can't stand new rap, and it's not nu rap, but new forms of rap. And I do not. We just watched Hamilton. I'll give you. That a perfect would be a hard example. one for me too. To we do. just watched Hamilton, and I did it under duress. And I and I and I will go through the whole thing with you if you want. But the specifics of it is, I really don't like the the overt use of triplet based hip hop. The da which is all based on these repeating triplets with accents different it's just been overused i cannot stand listening to it it's it's become formulaic and hamilton is built around that phrasing so i went into it like i'm gonna fucking hate this <laughs> i totally changed my opinion of hamilton i still do not like the rap parts i think there's far too much rap but culturally rap and pop country are shaping the landscape so what would be the point of writing if you wanted your music to be successful and you were influenced by hip-hop and you were an immigrant like uh, Lynn Emanuel, if you had all these, how could you possibly ignore that when you're writing this musical? You can't. This has been such a deep part of your upbringing and your development. And so it manifests itself in this musical that I wrote off for years in my ignorance. I was like, fuck Hamilton. Everybody loves Hamilton. It's, it's, <laughs> sure. it's like an overt, like... You know, it's like the, the Beatles the, were like that for me. I didn't like the Beatles for years. Simply because of their popularity? Yeah. And then I went back and went, why the hell did everybody like them? So I was into And now it. I love them. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of things I'm pulling out. So the going, embarrassment oh, I that I it. suffer from telling my friends, you know, Hamilton sucks, they're like, it doesn't suck, dude. you got to listen. you got to. <laughs> I, I went and I sat down with my wife and we watched it and I was like, all right, I'm just going to open mind this motherfucker. Yeah. And the first 15 minutes, with the exception of a few melodies, is all hip hop. And I tuned out. I was like, and then the first real Broadway song, and I was like, that's incredible. Okay, yeah. And then I, I was locked back in, and I was like willing to suffer a little bit of hip-hop, and I was like, okay, okay there's hip-hop phrasing in a Broadway context. I like the way they're mixing that. Okay, these performances are undeniably virtuosic. Good. You know, the staging, okay, now I can, I'm, I'm, I've opened myself up to the possibilities. The respect is getting built. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. willing. Now I'm willing. The fear or that anger or frustration I have, I'm now willing to accept anything they throw at me. Doesn't mean I'm going to like it. Sure. But it gives me an opportunity to like it. 
So yeah. even in new hip hop, there's because I, I feel the same way like Instagram rappers and like mumble rappers. Like I can't get into that, but I love '90s, 2000s hip hop and rap. Me and Remy talk about Outkast. We'll talk your head off about Outkast. I love certain aspects of Outkast. I'm an Andre fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's he's the creative yeah. side. But, but you, no, big boy, you can't ignore because if you're a true, you know, a vintage hip hop fan, you're going to be listening to that. My and, and I, see, I say all this, and then I go back to remember all the hip hop that I used to listen to. Rapper's delight, I knew every word to when I was 13 years old. Um, Sugar Hill, <laughs> and that is that is a baseline from what a disco. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> you can hear just by him humming it. Um, Diggable planets, that first record is undeniably a masterpiece. I loved Onyx. Remember Onyx? They were like kind mm-hmm. of a hardcore rap band yeah. before rapcore or whatever these things. Um, so, I, and I look back and I'm like, I guess it did like some hip hop, you know? There's, there's yeah. some newer guys. Like I was telling them, I've listened to Kendrick Lamar and Travis Scott because there's just something different. Mm-hmm. The uh, the way that they're writing their lyrics mm-hmm. is reminiscent of an outcast right. kind of offbeat, but the music is so creative. Mm-hmm. Like, and to have new rap and me go, ugh. I tried these guys because it was a recommendation from a friend. Well, I, I get it. You don't like Instagram rappers, but you need to check out Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar. You need to listen to Travis Scott. Give him a shot. And I'm telling you, it's it's very creative. And me as a drummer and a songwriter with Keith, it's opening up new ideas that I, I wouldn't have had if I wouldn't have been And if you listen to, to new hip-hop drumming and gospel drumming, which is shaping the landscape of new drumming, that weird 16th note drop that they're doing on the hi-hat now, the instead of one, two, you get that one E, and then you leave off the one, you get the and that E becomes essential to this weird, and the metric modulations that can take place in a hip-hop beat are foreign, were foreign to progressive rock people who weren't listening to progressive rock. Right. All of the metric modulation that was taking place in in um, some of the more modern progressive rock is now understandable because it's in the 4-4 context that hip-hop sure. has presented. Yeah. And people are not even aware of this rhythmic shift that they're experiencing, mm-hmm. which is incredibly advanced. And it's the hip-hop and gospel drummers that are filtering it in. Oh, yeah. I'm big into that. And it, it, but, to me, it would never it would never have taken root if I hadn't said, okay, I just got to, you know, Hamilton. one of my favorite, yeah. well, it wasn't just Hamilton, okay. it, although it did manifest itself in a very embarrassing way in Hamilton because it's so <laughs> visible, you know. Right. It's like such a pop phenomenon. I'm like, oh, Christ, here we go, you know. <laughs> but I had, to, I had to suck it up. Yeah. I had to admit my error, the error of my ways and say, I still you know, don't appreciate the, I don't personally appreciate the, the percentage that's dedicated to hip-hop because I'm a huge fan of traditional Broadway. Um, you know the spirit behind Hamilton was actually inspired after um, the writer, I forget the, the gentleman's name. Lynn Emanuel, yeah. I don't, can't remember his last name. but He read a book on Hamilton. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is a great story. This reminds me of Tupac and Biggie, the East Coast, West Coast battle. Oh, I see. That was the inspiration, yeah. which is why he leaned into hip-hop. hip-hop. And uh, uh, you know, casted the cast that he did. Mm-hmm. It's like this has to be true to the root in the music. Yeah. But it was all from reading the autobiography, knowing that story, and then saying this reminds me of that East Coast West mm-hmm. Coast beef. So that's kind of how all that got blended and turned into Hamilton. See, and the more you learn about something, 
it, it becomes hard, and that's, the, that's that societal thing that I think is so important. If you're willing to open yourself up to learn about that thing that you hate so much, if you're willing to sit down and talk to somebody, not Facebook them, uh, not could work in any in politics too. Oh, man. across the board. Yeah. That's what I I'm talking about. I honestly take but, that approach in life in general. It's my mantra. If you, uh, whatever it is, I try to look at the good side of it versus what the bad side. You know. But even with that, if you if if you told me one thing about yourself that I just despised. I mean, short of... I've got flat feet. Ding! Oh. That's horrible. Such a turnoff. I mean, there are, there's... there's <laughs> you know, there, I'm a pretty open-minded guy. I have the way I live my life. This is the, this is the Venn diagram of my ethics. If, here's my circle, and your circle might cross here, and other circles might be closer to mine. Sure. Obviously, I'm going to be... Um, more comfortable spending the majority of my time with people who I, with whom I share experiences. But if I exclude the people in those other circles, my circle never gets any bigger. And if it's, based, it, no if it's based on hate or fear, fear is just hate. Hate is just fear is what I should say. I think that hate yeah. is just fear that you don't understand. Yoda said it best. And he yeah. said... That the fear becomes hate. Am I, I quoting Yoda? I think Yoda. Jesus Christ. Pull it up. <laughs> oh, no. I think John's quoting Yoda. Oh, no. <laughs> I told you guys. He's uh, hey, genius. Oh, God. Here we go. Yoda knew it. If you're having a, oh, yeah. a parallel thought to what the greatest Jedi Master of all time had, <laughs> yeah, you're not that's doing a bad. good thing. Let's hear it. All right. So what was it? Hate leads to fear. It's a Yoda quote about hate. That'll probably pull it up. The context of it is... Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. He was talking about his relationship to his father. Mm -hmm. you know. Well, I, I believe, <laughs> not unlike our friend Yoda, that, <laughs> that hate is just fear. That's all it is. Fear is a positive thing in the evolutionary... Uh, in, in our evolution. It, it's positive because it kept us alive. But it has no place in, in an intellectual... Realm. Do you think intellectually it's because people fear the unknown and not knowing something automatically makes you throw a wall? It can, but you can know something and still fear it. Absolutely. Um, fear of the unknown is the least justifiable fear. Mm -hmm. It is if you're speaking strictly evolutionary, uh, uh, you know, as an evolutionary imperative, as a stay alive, I don't know what's behind that bush. It could be a fucking, you know, uh, what, what was that? Mountain lion or something. Uh, no, I was even thinking more... Uh, God, what is the giant furry fucking thing? Oh, Mastodon. Behind it. Yeah. He's going to stomp me to death if I don't <laughs> run now. I can't take a chance. You know, I'm going to be you know, saber-toothed tigers, although I don't think they existed, did they? That was a myth. But anyway, one of those things that could devour us instantly, right. it's, it's a calculation that you make based on fear of the unknown. That's acceptable in an evolutionary context. But fear of the unknown for an intellectual conversation or an intellectual being we're self-aware we have this what we believe is the highest developed sure. intellect yeah. on the planet there's no place for fear fear can be rationalized away with more information if we have, we are afraid of the information that's handed to us mm. and we can the more information you have information is not a bad thing right if it's accurate information okay let, let's just say yeah the 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 the, the um most vivid and, and kind of riveting example that I, I know of is the idea of having a cancer that you don't know about. 
do you want to know? Uh, you want to know? Yes. Some I people don't, don't want to know. They could say, if you had prostate cancer, mm -hmm. okay, it's a very slowly developing cancer, right? You could live 10 years with prostate cancer mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, or, or more. You could, or colon cancer. One of the things that could be treated if it's caught early enough. Do you want to know? If, if, if you have a cancer right now, do you want to know? Because the information can help you act on it but it can also lead to levels of stress you've never experienced. It could shut you down. You could become less and less active. That's you could exactly do the wrong thing. I wouldn't want to know is because if I don't know, my body's not going you to just react keep going. to stress. I'm not going to do so the, this the is, stress part of it. This is yeah. an unknown that yeah. fear of can debilitate you it, yes. if the information is presented to you. So is the information a good thing or a bad thing? That's a personal decision, right? Definitely contextual. Yeah. yeah. What is it? But it's, it brings into stark relief the ideas of, in an intellectual discussion, do I want to know this about you? Do I want to know your backstory? Do I want to know that you were a heroin, heroin dealer and you spent 20 years in prison and now you're out on, on release and we've struck up this friendship? Yeah. How does that now influence my trust in you? Do I fear you now because I have this information? Or have we built a stronger friendship based on your openness? Yeah. And this, this happens all day long. Oh, yeah. Like it happens, science. Science. <laughs> it happens all day long in big and small, small ways when you're relating to people. You find out that one thing about your business partner that could change your entire life. He was busted for embezzling and I didn't know, and now I'm in a business relationship with this person? Yeah. Is that information helpful? Do I now fear my business partner? I find out that my that wife or my girlfriend... Like how you found out, too. You know what I mean? Because if you found out through a back door, right. he didn't come forth with that. Yeah, it's like... So, mm, but it's still okay. information. You know, it's still yeah. information that we have to act on. And so if we bring this into the political realm or the social realm, all these things that every, every one of us, we get into our tribe and we're protected by this... Um, this uh, kind of infrastructure of thought, right? Yeah, you can vary a little bit, you know, okay, you can be accepting of a certain foreign entity to a degree, mm -hmm. but if you're too far out there, you can't, you can't be a part of this group anymore. Well, because that you, is like... You represent something that is anathema to our group. That is very harmful to our society to do that. No doubt, to push but it too is, far one way or the other. It is the, it is the machine of our society now. Yeah. Nothing, you can't... I guess that boils it down to binary, right? You got But nothing is binary. Parts. Nothing, yeah. Everything our, is nuanced. Our lives is, are so different. Everything you know? is nuanced. Everything is gray. Nobody yeah. wants to talk about the gray areas because that's where the challenge of thought comes it in. Really when is, you yeah. cannot go, when you cannot say clearly to yourself... This is obviously right. This is obviously wrong. When you are in that gray area, that Venn diagram, and the, the circles are rarely, that Venn, the, where they meet is rarely small. The gray area is usually the biggest part of those two sure, circles. I get what and you're this, yeah. the extremities of that circle is, those circles, is where these um, really fragile arguments exist about the binary nature of the arguments that we're having now. Yeah. Most of it is nuance. You know, it is. Uh, you uh, you deal with um, 
the shades of gray of most of these arguments. And, it be, and, and the more progressive society becomes, the more of a backlash we have in the conservative realm because it goes against religious doctrine, sure. because it goes yep. against uh, tradition mm -hmm. that have, has been established for so many years. The legalization of marijuana is one that really, um, it's becoming more and more acceptable. Yeah. Gay marriage becomes more and more acceptable. And you see traditionalists fear the collapse of their um, their infrastructure, basically. It, but nothing yeah. about their infrastructure has changed. They still, has your faith weakened? Absolutely not. Have you been confronted by angry gay mobsters? Mm -hmm. No. Do you know any gay people? Yes. Are they bad people? No. I just no. don't agree with it. Everything you're telling me leaves your infrastructure in place. It's still the there. Yeah. It has, but it weakens in the institution of marriage. In what way? Well, and, and they make these comparisons to marrying animals or whatever the argument is. And, I'm, and I am not disparaging this. This is not me saying that. Don't you vibrate in It's room. my poor kid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my poor kid's trying to get a hold of me. It's all good. Um, I may excuse myself and find out why. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But to, to, to finish this point, the idea is that the fear of that infrastructure crumbling, the fear of your traditions being taken away from you, the fear of a finally have to negotiate. You have to negotiate now. Mm -hmm. There is no, uh, there's no protection anymore. There is, you're protected by your belief and the strength of your belief, but your fear has weakened that. And that's, if you want to say it's the test of your faith, which I don't think it is, but any um, true believer in any uh, um, ethical or moral uh, code, foundation guess, or yeah. code, yes, mm. has to have that faith tested in that code or it's not worth anything. Sure. It's yeah. very easy to be a good person when the cameras are on. True. That's an awesome statement. And, yeah. you know, so, um, but if you can carry that through, if you can say, I still believe everything that I believe, I still have a very strong foundational faith. Um, but I accept what you're saying. It yeah. does not weaken my foundation at all. Um, then you are more apt, then you're more likely to broaden that circle, and your Venn diagram includes more and more people. Everything now is about exclusion. Everything is about division. It's about it the archipelago of our lives. Mm -hmm. We're on this island, they're on that island. We are never gonna you know we're oh i'm glad that we have this separation now because i can be true to my faith and and lock out all of those who don't believe what i believe and i sure. was justified in all of these years of believing that this would be the result or the reward which to me is is not a society it's not how societies function no so i'm gonna go sure sorry right, we'll pause we'll, i'll be right there. back we're we'll gonna pause. set up uh, for music let's do it we'll i'll be right music. back i'm gonna make sure my daughter's okay no problem all right awesome we're gonna pull you back into your days of yeah, doing. We're, we're back to recording. Oh, no, I got. I've only got two reviews. One band, the other band, uh, requested that we don't knife them. <laughs> Are you serious? You tell me who that was later. I'll tell you later. Um, but oh. Jerry said, uh, "Which here's the thing. Uh, I don't have him on the computer. Does he have a link? I've got an MP3 in my email. Can you pull your email up? You can just." Not on here, I can't because I don't. <laughs> I don't have the email password. Uh, we may be we'll able to pull to a trick it. off. 
But you could play. I could do it like this. <clears throat> yeah, you could do it that way, I guess. So what's what's my role here? Just listen. You know, there's a there's listen a, for something that you like. <laughs> listen for something that's, that you that's like. That's what this experiment is. Okay, yes. cool. And here if there's something that you just can't, you know, you uh-huh. have to be like, what was that? Well, and I should say this to you guys um, right. because I have reviewed your material. Is that yeah. when I would review material, I always at, listen to the entire album or song. Sure. At least twice, and if I can, three times. Um, because I think that you gain a, a greater appreciation or it might stoke your ire sure. a little more uh, on repeated listening. that is fair. That's a very fair thing to do Absolutely. before and you spit out any... Yeah, know, if I'm going to criticize, I need to have a deeper understanding of it. So uh, with reference to what we're about to do here, it won't be a thorough listening. It'll just, just first be, impressions. Yeah. Yeah. First okay. impressions, I guess. Is, are we recording? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're rolling, okay. man. Okay, so... <clears throat> and what are we about to hear? I was going to say, the only way, other way you could do it is, like, email it to me. I can pull it up on here. Thumb drive it over. I said just play through the phone. All right, okay, just do it this, that way. Make uh, it for easy. For the first edition of uh, Mr. Citronies, with an Citrone. E, is A Divided Truth with Jerry Seibel, his new project. Oh, boy. Chuck Hilliard, Zach Hilliard. Recorded at Martell's, correct? Please. Correct. Yeah. Took a little high end off. Digesting. Digest. Some China action there, right? China's getting some love. I have to say, just from what I'm hearing, Jerry's uh, vocals are matching better with this project than our previous ones I've heard him in. Like, it really sounds like a good match for what he's, how he's saying. It sounds more relaxed. I guess, yeah, I guess that's what I'm hearing.
Man, I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of. Like, you okay over there, buddy? gonna be all right <laughs> okay one round through yeah first impressions what did you like about it um i like i love the wall i don't think wall pedals are used enough okay um i don't know if you guys watch rick beato's videos <coughs> oh yeah sometimes i, I, I think the most recent one was adele said she doesn't like wall Wawa? No. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but I'm curious to know why. Well, or it if. can be overdone like the Kirk Hammett. Uh, yeah, it, okay. it, I do. I, I think it was used judiciously here. Okay, I would yeah. like to have heard maybe a little bit of phrasing. It was very, you know, one and two and. Oh, like pump with Yeah, I'd it, like sure. to hear more phrasing on it. I think that gives, gives character to the sound. I think sure using does. it for tone control, not doing full sweeps, but only opening. I know what you mean, like right? Yeah, keep the envelope, things, keep the envelope yeah. a little closer. Um, those are things that I think could make it more interesting to listen to, but I think that was one of the things that I liked about this right. tune was the wall use. There we go. How yeah. about you, Remy? What do you like about it? I liked, uh, <clears throat> naturally, the bass. It's punchy. And uh, definitely Jerry this addition, you know, yeah. being able to match with this band versus this well, extra Well, yeah, that's, I guess, what I'm, what I was <coughs> saying, too, that I like, because I know Jerry, I've seen him in uh, New Day, mm -hmm. I've seen, I've recorded one of his acoustic songs, too, so I've seen him in different, you know, versions of his vocals, and I guess as the heavy vocals go that he does, I felt this project, it really... You get to hear Fits a little bit more what, who he you know, is versus yeah, something he's trying to be. Yeah, sounded more fluent or fluid and natural in it, yeah. you know. So I like that and the production. I, it's a cell phone, you know. I right. didn't hear it through studio monitors or anything, but I thought the production was good too. Yeah. What'd you like? Um, I was kind of dialing in on his message. You know, I like the message that he was putting out, Jerry. Okay. Uh, you know, he's good at writing and. Yeah, that kind of perseverance, becoming stronger, kind of thing. I, I was, I like that part. I unfortunately was not focusing on the lyrics, and, and that's I what wasn't that's what multiple either, listens do. Sure. I was focusing you can on give, all that China. And that's what the, <laughs> that's what the second listen would do. Right, probably, second, you know, third yeah, listen, yeah. you get into. Uh, yeah, those are the things that I'm investigating with more detail in gotcha. second and third listens. But. Yeah, with the time we have, we'll just do. I guess we'll do yeah. one round yeah. on these. Okay, this is uh, open for. Mr. Citroni, this is a new song of ours, New Life. Oh, God. So you all can comment about what you like about I it. I have never done a real-time record review in front of the artist. We won't make eye contact. <laughs> I don't want you to make any contact. <laughs> okay? At no all. No physical touch. That's right. We are distanced. Here we go. Yes. I'm going to pipe that in this way. So. Sorry we didn't get you in here. With this audio, Jerry and, and shout the bunch. Out, shout out to Jerry and your band. Like it takes a lot of bravery to put yourself out there. So kudos. So many problems. The song is called New Life. It's going to be on our upcoming album, uh, the B 
beautiful things we left for dead. The daunting task of clarity You must be good for gifts to arrive Don't you dare pose a question Hurry along, spring and give me new life I'm cold and blue from the winter That's me, frozen and weakened As we Vibe influence coming out there. Zeppelin y feel to it, you know? It's like it's like a kiss on the love letter. <laughs> I like it. You hear your vocals really dominant. You know, Dude, that SSL thing is gold when it comes to, to mastering. <laughs> 
So there it is. Would, um, well, let me say I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised, first of all. Thank you. Did not expect that. Like I said, this is not... This whole album is full of... Uh, it's like your jar of flies? It's yeah, a, yeah, it's exactly. a different direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, were you using a sample on the Cape Town mix then? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, what do you Not that to... I know of. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a sample on the kick and snare. Uh, how, how deep are we going with this? Deep. As deep as you want to go. Yeah, and we're here. Whichever, we're open. Huh. You know, yeah. Well, again, without a second and third listen, this is just cursory. But yeah, sure. I have to say the first uh, two-thirds of the song I really liked. Cool. And and I'm, this is a caveat. I wouldn't normally enjoy this. I don't like to use the word genre, but this type of writing. Sure. Okay. This is not something I would listen to. Neither is the song that we just heard. It's not something I would put on. Uh, um, yeah, it's. Not, I get what you're but saying. But within yes. the the context of the, the the kind of ideas that you're working on melodically and and yeah. uh, instrumentally, um, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought the piano was great at the beginning. I wish there were more piano. Gotcha. Um, it's kind of buried in there. I just traded it. I don't even mix. mean in the mix. You know? I mean melodically. Gotcha. Like replacing some of the guitar lines with the piano. Oh, the fact yeah. that it went so heavy at the end was mm -hmm. almost a disappointment for me. Okay. Because I, it was just lush, and it could have been, to me, again, this is personal. This, this is seems to be a habit, actually, for us, uh -huh. that we do that. We, <laughs> we go in with this, like, and then we just have to end. Right, this, like punch for some reason. Yeah, but you know? punches can be, you know, delivered. Literal punches don't have to be hard. Yeah. You can do a lot of damage with a soft punch in the right place. I hear you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a soft tissue tissue blow at yeah, the yeah. right time. And I think this is now again subjective on first listen. Mm. But I was like, oh god, they're getting heavy at the end. Yeah. And then I heard the babe, I'm gonna leave you guitar thing out at the end. Sure. And I was like, oh no, man. It's it's like, it's delivering what I expected. You know, and I was so not expecting that first part. Cool. The, the piano voice is at the front, letting that, letting your pedal stay open and letting yeah, the chord ring underneath. Right it out. gave that dissonance on mm -hmm. that third chord. Can you play the beginning again? Come on, Jeremy. Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> oh boy. You know really Jamie. <laughs> no. Where did it go? Uh, new life. New life. Whichever the uh, newest version was there, the 20 point. I, I can know. continue babbling if you want me to fill up space here. Oh, cool. um, so I was really hoping to hear some more of that, maybe even different voicings, you know, mm -hmm. changing up the voicings a little bit. Sure. The chord, immediately you went into that, I think it was a 1 4 5. I don't know, I think it was a 1 4 5 chord structure. Am I wrong? I would think so. I'd have to hear at it at the beginning. Too. So, and and that does not bother me. I mean, Teenage Wasteland, or you know, there's a hundred songs. And sure, I, I should say Barbara O'Reilly, but um, tons of songs. That they're based on that, there. you know, E A B or E B A structure sure. or mm -hmm. whatever. You know, one five fours or you know, shifting those around just so they give you a lot of room to create melodies on top. Mm, do. I do not yeah. mind that. What I would love to have heard is some odd piano voicings on top of them because I did not expect the piano to be the initial voice yeah. first of all and I was really pleased to hear that you got it up well, I don't know what I did with good it good god damn already all wow. right well you're fired bro yeah and so and you seemed very pleased about your lead and it made me feel terrible for feeling the way I felt about it oh I know it was just like I went uh I don't mm -hmm. know I've the older I've gotten mm -hmm. uh, get I don't write the same obviously uh -huh. I, I don't 
overdo. I try not to overdo things. Anymore. It's just that pinched harmonic approach. Yeah, the slide with it, like yeah. sliding off the pinch. I, I have no problem with that, but mm -hmm. I just didn't want this to give way to what I expected. Sure. The whole time I was like, this has defied all my expectations up to this point. Please mm -hmm. don't do a rock solo. And we you do. know? Well, and I, now it was it yeah, sure. by the end of it there was different things happening. Well, actually, in that part uh -huh. there is piano there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So maybe if the guitar solo wasn't there, it may have been a little bit more on that level. Uh, my my aversion to it is based on not on that it's a bad solo, mm -hmm. not on that it's even inappropriate. It just filled an expectation for me. Okay. I expected it and it, and it, and it delivered. Came. I got what you're and saying. And that sure, is how yeah. you sell fucking records. And but it's not what I listen to music for. Yeah. I um, got you. Yeah. I was so pleased to hear that it opened Well like you said like you gotta try to balance somewhere, I guess, in the Absolutely. writing aspect. You're like, well I I could go in so many different directions. Right. But I gotta keep You could have put a cello solo there. Yeah. And I would have been like, Oh, that's gorgeous. It's lush. But your listeners are going to be like, what the fuck is sure. going on here, you know? 180, man. Yeah. Right. So there's a level no, of yeah, expectation that, that you want to fulfill. We have a, a fan base, I guess, in, in the... And in I totally previous get that. Works, that's smart. Guess, that's you know, smart I mean, writing. Sure. You know? Um, well, which, like, that's what I was saying to begin with, I guess, is pleasing them, the fans, I guess, what you think they want to hear. Sure. And pleasing the artist side of yourself. Ooh, yeah. Right? I got a good one. You're a Cornell fan, right? John? Who are we asking? Well, I like early Soundgarden, if that's what you're asking. Uh, okay, so should we give him uh, see what his take is on our cover? On the outside, since I can't get back oh, to Oh, man, you're really putting me out there, aren't you? <laughs> you can critique it. Oh, Whatever. God. This is so embarrassing. No, it ain't. <laughs> hey, we love it. We this love this is, kind this is of awesome. stuff. How do, you, how do you become better at not hearing yeah. different yeah. perspectives? Sure. Which mix you got there, bro? This is point three, the latest. Sounds real good. It's a good mix. I it's warm. dug in a bit. It's warm. I'm trying to get that same effect out on his vocals, but I don't know. Exactly. I like it. Oh, and I have something else to say about the drum mix on the other one in a minute. But I'm noticing here the panning. I like it here. I do it. Artist perspective, I guess. Yeah. The drums. But can you pause that for a second? I want to give this the full attention it deserves. But that's one thing I didn't like about the drum mix on that tune is okay. the toms were panned so far. To gotcha. they were at like not even at nine and three. They were at like at eight thirty and. 3, well, 15. if you're looking at it hundred hundred this way, it was they're probably sitting about eighty on each side. It was really wide. So yeah. when the floor when when this tom was hitting, it was way over here, and the floor tom was over here. Yeah. And in my mind, maybe because I'm a drummer, I was like, the drums aren't that far apart. I got it. You. Sounds big. <laughs> well, but it doesn't make sense. I guess to me, you know what I mean? that's my mixing uh, angle. I, I mean, I go the artist perspective, meaning mm -hmm. you're the artist behind right. the kit. The way you hear the tom. I'm not worried pan, about the perspective. But, um, it's the also distance. the distance yeah. thing as well. Like if you're a f in the crowd watching a band, mm -hmm. per se, the other perspective, the audience perspective, uh -huh. you can kind of hear it wider, I guess. Okay. So I, and, and I think that's why I do that. But this right way. here has a tighter but still very wide and ambient feel to the room. Sure. Right now, I haven't heard any toms yet. So, yeah, got but I love the, the 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 depth of perspective on this one so far. Cool. Okay. Awesome.
continue. And the snare sounds better on this one, in my opinion. Full fuller. No, this is real snare brass with an LA. I love it. Warm. I like warm. I don't like pongy. It's got enough pong in there to give it some shape. I think I did pepper in a sample. Okay. Well, it sounds good. Pepper. Are you doing this manually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. All right, let's uh, let's stop that. That's cool. You're, you, you, here's a, a really incredible thing that I think we all realize if not overtly than intrinsically mm -hmm. is a good song is hard to fuck up. You know what I mean? Sure. And this is a great, in my opinion, it sounds really good. And you were singing it? Yeah. It sounds great. Thank you. I don't think it's given to cliche. You're, you're hinting at Chris Cornell, but you got your own personality. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not him. It no just doubt. sounded really good. It sounds really good, but it's a great song. Yeah, it is a great like if song. You, you know, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's like, if you're a good musician, you can play Freebird really well. You know, I mean, it's a good song. <laughs> and, and it's going to smash. Yeah, sure. It, this is um, something that I don't think a lot of songwriters think about: is can this song be played on piano and still sound good? Now, okay, there are I some things that saying. just doesn't work. You know, I mean, it works on most stuff. I mean, the the Cardigans did a great version of Iron Man. You know, it's very kind of pop ballady, mm -hmm. but it's it it works as a song. Yeah. You know, this song works as a song. Yeah. Um, a lot there are a lot of songs that unless somebody does something to it, like I, I appreciate. I didn't like that first version of that tune, but when Billy Ocean did it acoustically with that Brazilian percussionist, man, that just it really brings out the songiness of that song. You know. Yeah. And so this version of the song is pretty close to the, the idea of the original. Well, that's the way we do covers most mm -hmm. of the time. We, like I, I've been saying, we do homage type covers. Right. We're trying to like... Sure. Capture that, get the what essence What they of did, it. yeah. But dig into it a little the bit. The production is really good on it. Thank I mean, this you. sounds sounds really good. Appreciate At it. least Thank here, you. it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have to agree, like, even like, mixing all this stuff and going through it, that I was like, man, this... Well, I think it is the same reason mm -hmm. you just said. It's a great song. Yeah. So it's so good to, or easy to make it sound good mm -hmm. when you're mixing it, too, because it's just... And you've invested yourself power. into it. When you're working on a song that you know isn't a good song, and you're a producer, and no. you're at the mercy of the person who's paying you, yeah. you're like, man, I got so many ideas, it could be such a better song, but I can't, I can't say tell you anything. You know, that's you know? your song. Oh, now, yeah. you're okay, you want to pay me to be your, your consultant and your literal producer. Yeah. I will help you make this a better song. But... You're gonna to have to suck up your ego and understand that. Yeah, at least try it. Yeah, that's give it a the shot. fear thing too. Getting over that sure. fear, just lean into it a little. Of course, bit, you know, when of, when there's money on the line, when somebody's paying you for your studio time, there's there's a certain line you can cross where they're like, "You're wasting my time. Right. Let's just do this. I'm paying yeah. you to do this. Stop well, talking." At and, the same time, I think uh, studio has a standard of what they want to release as their 
sure. projects they've yeah. worked on. Yeah. So, yeah, they got a line there to go, you know. Right. This is not going to go anywhere for anybody. But I know this guy down the street has got a project studio yeah. to really help you get this off yeah. the ground and develop it. And, and, you know, and develop, yeah, yeah, sure. When you get to that point, we're here. Yeah. You know, come yeah. on back. All right, what's next? Okay. I wish you would have played over it. I didn't, I didn't know which song you guys were going to play. Uh, well, we just, just a quick snippet of it. A video for Yeah, that let's, one. let's do snippets at this point. Dude, this one is really simple. Okay. So, I mean. Is this an original? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that, though. I, I, I equate it to my, it's my Tom Petty song. That's okay. what I'm going to say. I like this whole album because the, the drums are just laid back. It's not what I normally do. Yeah, it's, it's not, not asking a lot of them. Just, like, react as, as you would. I'm in a very slow way of locating the song here, but I've got it. Is it? There it is. All right. Over at 20.3.4. <clears throat> How high does it go? I don't four. Know. Four. Highs one. Yeah. So we're getting a snippet of what? Over this in. actually has a, a vocalist. Uh, that you're using right now. Is this the one in the video? Jessica Alexander. No, I've, I've heard this like okay. three times. This I've listened to three times. Cool. And, and you're gonna, I want you to, after this, I want you to play mine, which resembles this one. There you Good go. idea. One by one we play out the scenes we're in. I don't think this is a simple song. It's, it is what it is. What's simple about it? The idea of it. You know, the three chord structure. Every song is three chord structure. What I think is is not simple about it is the idea of um, it, it, it adheres to the formula that makes a song like this work. Sure. And this is why I'm going to play the one that I play. It's very similar in structure. Um, I love it because I finally got to use my brushes. Uh huh. Got the brushes out. Yeah. <laughs> But this is like an Alice in Chains song. It's like a Jerry Cantrell, Boggy Depot style. Sure, yeah. It's got, you know, it's not complex harmonies, but there's in there. really enjoyable harmonies, you know? Yeah. I tried to, with this album, really do a lot of things I love about music in mm -hmm. it, you know? The tremolo guitar that's kind of hovering in here, you know? That's a, that's a nice touch. Thank you. So the simplicity of it is relative, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a good spaghetti sauce. Yeah. You know, well, don't put simple. too much don't put too many ingredients in it, you might ruin the, the essence of the sauce. I've heard somebody say before you don't understand simplicity till you go through complexity. Yeah. And you can you, overpaint. Yeah. On a song like this, you could add strings, but they have to be subtle. Well but you could overdo it easily. You could take away that. The, the, the space in this is what gives it some of the hollowness and the drama, you know? The, yeah, sure. Matter of fact, writing it, I, I did not start with brushes. That was a gradual work back. So uh -huh. I said, let me get my bag out. Yeah. And I said, let's do And we both looked at each other like, there was it works. There was incarnations of this, yeah. That's the fun of it, though. We just gotta, sure. Yeah, we'll just touch into this a little bit of a, I guess, a... Are, we, are those sticks? Yeah. We got sticks now? No, it's, no, it's, it's still brush. It's whacking the brush? Yep. Dude, I got a, uh, it's a knockoff of an LA-2A compressor. When you run a snare through that thing, it just, just opens it up. Pow. Yeah. Right in your face. Gets all the little nuances and stuff that he's yeah. doing. 
What am I hearing there? What am I hearing there? Is that Sorry. like an envelope filter? Okay, I thought you were going to call out the, uh, the, the cadence there. <laughs> what now? It's a guitar. Right? There's a little bit of keys in the background on that. No, I'm hearing that. Oh, that guitar? Yeah, maybe, maybe it is on this guitar. Is there... Sounds sitar-y. Yeah, uh, I think it was like... Just the way that you're, you're really attacking the string? Really bad strings or something. It works, man. They need man. it changed. I don't know. It's got a twang to it that like you don't Bri normally Yeah, Brian tracked that. Our other guitar player tracked that part. But yeah, it sounds really like almost breaking it's up. It's almost like know? a sitar. Almost. Is it a telly? No, it was a PRS. So. Was it really? Yeah, sure. What's cool about this part is uh, the drum part came to me like a lightning bolt. Uh, everybody wants to rule the world. Fears oh, yeah. for fears, that kind of upbeat. Yeah. Like back pop. That's I was like, I'm gonna throw that on this part and see what he says. You can kill it, brother. That's pretty much yeah, that's the song. Yeah. All right. So go to gun down. Gun down. All right. So we're gonna be we're 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 playing our country death songs here. It's number six. Number six. One. Pretty much no, it. don't count them. Look at the numbers. Chance six. Okay, Gun down. Two, eight, and thirteen. No, four. There. Oh, there he is. Come on, Jerry. I can't count. I'm a bass player. Scroll. Okay. Here she comes. I hear it now. Yeah, yeah. Very Tarantino vibes for sure. It's very Ennio Morricone, very Nick Cavey influenced. That Nick Cave thing, definitely. Definitely like the tremolo guitar too, bro. Yeah, Same very yeah. similar to that. Huh? Yeah, it's just fucking hanging there a little bit. Trace the western vibe, you know, somebody's about to die. Oh, it's definitely like a Tarantino movie right here, bro. This reminds me of a band I, I really like called Murder by Death. I haven't heard of them. I heard them, I've heard of them. Similar vocals, mm. though. But you did is that you singing, bro? Yeah. It's good, Love it. man. I like it. Yeah, this is one I did all everything on. Just a kid with a dirty smile. I like the snare, man. The snare's really got a lot of air in there. We close a lot of a lot of shows with this. I love it. Very uh, Johnny Cash's. But you did Well, that that low that came in with that part that was real nice. Is that on the bass, or did you have another right there? Is that all bass? Um, the low frequency coming in? I may have a very low synth bass underneath just it. You can say it like really warm. Yeah, just to up, give it a like, rumble. Yeah. yeah. Acoustic drums? Oh yeah. No, I never use any samples or anything. Never. Sounds good, man. Really Thank good. you. I like it. I struggle, man. I gotta use samples sometimes. Well, if I if I'm working with someone who wants it, of sure. course I'm yeah. putting it in. Yeah. I should have never left them alone. It's real warm sound. Yeah. Like I, I get what you're saying with the warm tone, no doubt. Killed my kid. 
yourself a boy for what you did. You had to go and do it. Nice breath. Dude, that's really good, man. I'm, I'm digging this. Yeah. Now you go and die. Yeah, need that for the playlist. Dude, that is awesome. I'm digging it. Thank you. I like. Well, in, when we do it live, um, there's a break coming up. And we have, it's the one time I ask the lighting guy, whoever it is, to follow the song. So when this noise guitar solo dies, we have the lights go down, and then there's a crescendo. The lights come up, and then as the song fades, each person walks off stage. So you'll hear how it ends. I got But you. I have, in certain songs, I have an idea of how it might perform, be performed live. Yeah. And this is one of those that I thought could be used in a theatrical way. Absolutely. <clears throat> You build a, a, a great story to the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's a bit perverse, but... It's really digging out, yeah. Thank you. I was actually shooting somewhat more towards this than what over what it ended up being. Yeah. I like yours, though, I don't... <laughs> no, no, it's just the Tarantino feel to it. I'm gonna That's when the lights go. Oh, yeah, I got That's you. good. Roger Waters comes to mind too, man. So, yeah, very influential. Very raw, voice. like what you're saying at the end, mm -hmm. like very just had it, you know. It's hard to get that out, you know, like that emotion, right. get it in the in the microphone. point on stage Star players people are walking now. off one by one I like that chord guitars doing there yeah that little dissonance yeah. can help yeah like that switch to the march on the snare drum yeah. like heading to the gallows kind That's right. of feel march 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 what was that That's an Aces D. So job. similar in, in a lot yeah. of ways to, to what like you guys it. are doing. They could be on the same uh, Spotify channel for sure. <laughs> is that out? <laughs> now, put on, yeah, this okay. is all on record. Put on number eight. So you'll hear just some from, from Variety. No, not that one. That's different. Well, you can listen to this one if you want. Number eight. That's my circus song. That one, yeah. So you get a little bit of difference. 
Is that on base? Me. This is on me as well. Nice. All that you hear is always him. Always. Well, there are a couple. I'll play one for you that doesn't have. No. Yeah, that has. I kind of envy that man. I try to play drums. I'm just not very good at it. <laughs> I'm I've done it a couple times, yeah. but I okay, always so hand it off to Eddie. Like, <laughs> let's just bounce around. So, if you want to hear more of this bullshit, um, if you want to hear uh, something a little different, go to Jellybean or Remy, and you'll hear uh, completely different. This is all on the same record. Remy is my nickname, by the way. Is it? Yep. You should listen yes. to Remy then. Remy. You always finger pick bass. Ninety percent of the time. Yeah. On the on uh, on I am the Scorpion. The one you just showed the go 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 that was picked. Okay, yeah. Sometimes you gotta just to get that attack. Now, yeah. yeah, this has some Kirby Hancock feels to it. Very much so. Yeah, this totally's got some Herbie Hancock. The Headhunters. I love it. Time signatures, Adam. Nine. Very okay. jazzy, like Spyro Gyro. Oh. Well, is that not was meant to be a compliment? Hey, I'll take the Herbie Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds Touch you did off of the ride. Uh -huh. I love doing shit like that. Yeah. It's nuance, man. That's the stuff that separates, you know, a good drum track from a. Wow, that's interesting. Right. So there's the, there's some of this. Um, go ahead and play Remy. So you can hear your your song. The song he wrote about me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Serenade. I'm a big Fender Rhodes fan too. I've actually heard this song. Live or just? Uh, I think it was when you had Aaron Marshall in the band, if that's... Oh, you're rehearsing it then. Yeah. Okay, this yeah. is... Um, God, I'm drawing a blank and I shouldn't because I... Oh, it's Katie Sachs who sings this. But you couldn't, if I were on a record label, I couldn't do this variety of material. Oh, no. It's never happened. No, you, Unless you were independent or you were a stronger yeah. name to go. That's right. Do what I want. Yeah. So, like Benny Grubb's Grub. Oh, my God. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. I like the keyboards. Yeah, the rose is unbelievable. It's just such a versatile instrument. Oh, yeah. Now your kick, do you have a mic in and out? Inside. Just in. I rarely do a room mic for the kick. Gotcha. I'll do it for the overall sound. But. Do you keep the head, front head off, or just go in a porthole? A port. It's good, I mean, good water body in it. That's yeah. why I was wondering, because sometimes to get that, you gotta get a, like a, a mic get in the outside, outside of the drum. too. Yeah. I feel your Broadway in this. 
Sachs. Very Broadway. What did you say her name was? The vocalist? Katie Sachs. She is okay. um, at uh, Carnegie Mellon um, getting her degree in uh, oh, theater. In Pittsburgh. Yeah. Cool. She's, she's amazing. That's uh, where I grew up in that, well, north, oh, yeah? in Pittsburgh, a little north of it, but yeah. Nice. That's where I'm from. I love Pittsburgh. Great harmony. Steelers fan. Thank you. Way. <laughs> That's my new cover band name. <laughs> in the runaway. Come on, that's awesome. <laughs> Love it. That is a very good name for a cover band, right? That'd be awesome. Another thing that John does is bands that never existed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, play uh, number one right under, right above that one. Just trying to give you some flavor before we, we get on tonight. Yeah, this has my uh, then four-year-old daughter on it. Oh, right, stop that for a second. I gave her a microphone and I said, just make a bunch of noise. I was about and that, to say, what came first? That was her. I edited one little slip of the note uh -huh. to put it into out of 4-4, four, four, and I scrunched it together and I put the drum fill. So now you can listen to it again and know that the, the whole thing was based on that. That's what I was just going to ask, which came first. That was her. Yeah, you based awesome, it off dude. of what she did. Awesome. <laughs> That's Tom Bennett on keyboards, by the way. Cool. On this one, I didn't play keys. He did. Is he playing the mood bass too? Nope. He's, He's not allowed to do that in my band. Here's the beat. <laughs> Good song, and what a cool memento. Oh, my kid. Yeah, for your, no doubt, yeah. You captured that moment. Oh, yeah, it's rare that, that, you know, people have the, it's usually videos and things like this, but this is a piece of art that right. we created together. I believe we've got the helicopter coming in. That's, yeah. not, a, that's not an extra kick drum in there. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of reminds me, uh, Steve Vai did a song. It's like Yeah, it Yo Gak. Yeah, go Gak. Yeah, Yeah, Yo Gak. That was cool. Awesome. This is complete Jimmy Page ripoff too. I have to, you know. Kind of describe your off the grid playing, kind of how you. Do this play. isn't. I can give you one of those if you want. This is more like just trying to keep people in the groove. So go down to number five, Vermilion Falls, and this is more indica indicative of something that's a little more complicated. Awesome. <laughs> well, 
little bossa nova? No, it's straight. It's just one two. Well, yeah, the but, bit. The, but the feel off of what's going on is yeah. kind of I guess so. You could. This might be perceived that way too with it. It's really good work, bro. Thank you. It is. Doing all the things I never had time to do. What is that way? My, my, I did it in my brain. It just never got out. I promise you, know I mean? you, it's there. You have to ask him, man. That was seven eight. Now, when it comes to timing in those punctuated parts like that, do you just kind of like make the part whatever the measure length is without worrying about the timing I, per se? With something like this? Yeah. I wrote this in finale. Okay. So I was very conscious of the rhythmic structure and hoping that the melody worked. It was like really concentrating on rhythm. Yeah, sure. That's how I tend to write. Yeah. Well, not always for me. But in this case, it was. I do. I definitely do. I use a, a, a click or a four-four, whatever mm -hmm. I'm giving. As a, not necessarily Very rules, really is. But as a heartbeat. Yeah. So I'll, I'll play in and out, do whatever I want, knowing that that's where home's at. Right. That's where their yeah. brain's at. I, I've always had that kind of mentality that that click is just a universal. Pulse. Yeah, but in a situation like this, where things might change, like these patterns, there's a lot going on in there. So rhythmically, it's it's complex, but it's also harmonically rich because of all of the things that are colliding. So once I got the rhythms, I was writing the melodies as the rhythms were going by, knowing that the section was seven eight, so I had only seven notes to work with. But yeah, how can sure. I make that melody interesting? Maybe I make it fourteen notes long instead of seven, but it still works. Mm -hmm. Those are the kinds of things that are going through my mind once the rhythm is created. <clears throat> but if you listen to something like, um, I tell you what, let's end on the last, I didn't even realize it's 10 o'clock. Let's end on that one. Oh yeah, we're deep. You'll regret it this very day if you don't die. You'll regret it if you don't die. You'll regret it. You'll regret it. all ready to go. If you tell us we have to give our lives now, we're ready. Got a 12 string in there? There's a banjo? No, wait. No, there's acoustic guitar, uh, lap steel. Okay, I hear that, yeah. I mean, uh, it's more on the left side, whatever yeah. that guitar is. Delta. Is that Brett Bass by chance? Yep. I knew it. Dude, he's a badass. That's good stuff. Teaching evolution in schools, elite liberal media playing us.
for fools. Nice. He wrote this back in 2014, and it's pretty relevant. That's today. That's a that statement. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Genocide, AIDS, murder, hurricanes, and air pollution. Fill in the blank with some BS about retribution. Taking a lot of stabs on this one. This is cool. We stole most of our traditions from the mystics and the pagans. Thought Jesus had returned in the form of Ronald Reagan. We pressure lawmakers till they're throwing all their money at us while our churches enjoy their tax-exempt status. That's called faith-based initiative. God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Chuck That their children were incestuous Just mind you, we're all fucked And if the Bible is a metaphor Then that don't matter anyway We just take the parts we like And we throw the rest away Got that one. That's me. Oh, yeah. I am the holding of the balance of the 
Who's doing the vocals right there? Well, at the beginning it was the Jim Jones death tape, the FBI Jim Jones, um, Jonestown death tape. Okay. Uh, and this is, I can't remember her name, but she is a an evangelical preacher. Oh, and okay. this is taken from about 55 minutes of this going on straight with no stops. Same thing. Like, it's just like, it's almost like speaking in tongues, but she's saying real words. Yeah. Straight for 55 wow. minutes straight, almost an hour of, of this. You didn't do that, did you? What? <laughs> an hour of her. <laughs> I have it if you want it. I'll, oh, I'll, no, I'll no, pass it along I'm good. to you. I'm good. No, it's, it's coming to an end. And we don't have to listen to the whole thing. It's just. Oh, I get you. You know, end on a positive note. Yeah. You can... You can <laughs> ah, so... Hey, John, it was great to have you here, brother. Yeah, it was a lot really of fun. We, we should do it again sometime, because obviously oh, yeah. we have much more to talk about. Uh, we'll have more music to review as well, too. <clears throat> Please, so, that was be awesome. almost embarrassing, but um, well, you guys... We'll get other... other. We don't have to review all this rather in, us I'd rather do it cool. with the people in the room. It, it, it holds me to... Or at least have some. it as homework first, so you can listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's different when you know you you're staring a person in the eye. Yeah, well, it's actually them. pretty uh, <clears throat> cool, I think. Yeah, because you know, be honest, but you know, you don't get to see the people's reaction when right. you say that. So you know, whatever you say about whether it's negative or positive mm -hmm. about their music, you don't really get to. see I guess it happens in the studio though, and you're with an artist that you're like, yeah, you I don't gotta, think that part's working. Let's do, let's try let's this try instead. You, that so ego, it is a real time, yeah. you know, critique. I guess. Sure. Yeah. No doubt. That's how you grow. That's how you grow. <laughs> Constructive criticism. Do you ever stand up for what you want? You have to. Yeah? Sometimes you just like, no, this is going to work. Let's just keep working. Well, he throws me some sideballs sometimes. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah? And then I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. I see what you're I'm doing I'm out now. there. I, like, one time I was like, you got to put a didgeridoo in this song. <laughs> He's like, I don't know about that. I was like, do it. That's we, awesome. We did. And it and worked. It was really awesome, you know. So. Thanks for having me, guys. I don't know why yeah. you asked me here, but I'm glad you did. Well, I think uh, the listeners will understand why. It's so fun. great having you. We wanted Thank to you. know more about you. And yeah, now everybody else knows about you. <laughs> the intellectual genius. Oh, that is way time. beyond <laughs> the call of duty. Well, way smarter than I. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> You're the quiet one. You're the smart one because you stay quiet. Yeah, he's That's learning right. all the time. I'm the thinker. He's just <laughs> soaking it all in. All right, bye, guys. Bye, everybody. See you later.